0: and welcome back everyone it is episode 73 of thirst and goal this is our ninth or 10th remotely recorded podcast me and ben are still distanced by a few miles he's in the old studio outside under the canopy where football should be played and podcasts should be recorded and i ronnie and am in my garage still <laughs> the new and studio s- the, the new ish studio and uh sonya is uh somewhere there around you ben i'm sure she's probably watching a lifetime movie right now she is she's uh in there watching a little bit
1: of a lifetime movie and talking to a couple friends of hers uh but Friday we're uh, we're syndicated now we have uh studios in bristol connecticut as well as (laughs) los angeles and new york so we have uh, a studio here in the west valley and another studio (laughs) also in the west valley separated by six miles
0: so It funny. was funny. I was I was actually watching the NFL Network earlier today and uh, they also had all of uh, their 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 basically broadcast team uh, from their homes. So I mean, it, you know, it's continuing on other networks and it's continuing on podcasts as well, Ben.
1: Yeah, I wonder what they're I mean, I haven't, I I can't tell you the last time I turned ESPN on to to I mean, there's nothing on ESPN other than potential Korean baseball. And God knows what else, uh, but I haven't even turned it on. I mean, I've been getting most of my sports news from from SiriusXM as well as from uh, the internet. I haven't actually turned ESPN on in a while. I should probably mm-hmm. call DirecTV and ask for a discount. Uh, but with <laughs> baseball coming back and basketball coming back, allegedly in late July uh, for basketball and early July for baseball, there will be something on television. Friday. What are you drinking over there? We like to uh,
0: well, tell. Been- Yeah, tonight I have the Glenmoray that we uh, sampled on the show a few weeks back. It's the one that you got me for Christmas. You weren't a big fan of it. I I like it, but you weren't such a huge fan of it. But I'll be sipping on the Glenmore. What about you, Ben? I am drinking a beautiful beer from
1: Iceland. This is the Einstock white ale, the Icelandic white ale. As the weather gets warm, uh, I start drinking a little bit more beer and less of the spirits uh, during the mm-hmm. podcast, so I'm drinking a little bit of the Einstock white ale. I think we've tasted four or five or, of these offerings, the white ale. There's also um, a pale There's ale. The, there the was the porter, the porter. I
0: think, yeah, but they were all excellent. I mean, they're all great You know, for anybody out there that sees it on the shelf. Anything from Einstock is good. Very yeah, good.
1: For sure. Surprisingly. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was shocked at how... And it's pretty reasonable. I think it's about eight
0: ninety nine. dollars Yeah, somewhere around there. It's funny that the six-pack of the cans is actually $3 less than the six-pack of the bottles. So uh, you know, Oh, interesting. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I mean, it's the same exact beer. It's just that the bottles are more, for some reason, at Total Wine than the cans. Yeah, anyone
1: know that knows me, I prefer beer out of a can or beer on draft to beer in a bottle... Uh, I think I, I'm, I prefer I'm, the bottle. I'm odd in that regard. I will admit yeah, that. That's a
0: little weird. That's but, weird, Ben.
1: But I grew up, you know, in uh, in the sticks, uh, drinking cans of Bush and Bud and Bud Light and Natty Ice and or whatever it was, Natty Light, whatever Nat- the hell it was, Natural, Natural Light. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit partial I don't to think the I've cans.
0: Had any of those ever? Labatt's. You know La Labatt's well, Blue. Know, we should probably have a taste test of those beers. I'm just embarrassed to buy a whole bunch of those beers. Oh, I can, uh, we could probably actually. it might be probably better to, like a. We should probably get like a high school kid to go inside
2: a yeah, store and buy exactly. it Yeah,
1: exactly. And I don't even think we could. I mean, I think we'd probably. Hey, have to, we'd probably be better <laughs> off just go to a liquor store and buy singles. I don't even yeah. think they yeah. sell them in anything less than a six pack or a twelve pack. So we'd have a a giant stack of uh, domestic beers. And I wonder and, and, if we. And, you,
0: know, you, you could probably get like a twenty four pack even for like six ninety nine.
1: Yeah, Labatts. Uh, I might drink. Uh, I don't think we can get Labatts on the West Coast unless you go to uh, a I'm distributorship. Not sure what that is, yeah. It's a Canadian beer, it's mm-hmm. but it's uh it's pretty popular in Buffalo, and mm-hmm. we could probably get Bush, Bush Light, Bud, Bud Light. Uh, I like Miller Genuine Draft. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, that's on that's, ho- that's on a hot like, day.
0: Yeah, but that's a little bit above, like, yeah, natural light and Keystone Light. Like Keystone is like a a, a notch below.
1: Oh, even, for sure. Uh, like yeah, that's like so. up there with Old Milwaukee and Milwaukee's best. If they yeah. even still make those beers. <laughs> Uh, but the first beer I ever drank to excess was was Miller Genuine Draft, so I have a little s- soft spot in my heart for it.
0: Can still call it Miller. Can you just say Miller now, or do you have to like say the whole thing, Miller Genuine Draft?
1: Well, they have regular Miller. I mean, they have regular and so still,
0: Miller, and they have Miller Genuine Draft. Oh yeah, of course. Like they're two separate beers. I oh, thought yeah. it was
1: just the same thing. Oh no, no, it's two. One I is it was uh, Miller and Miller Light. Miller High Life, and then Miller Genuine Draft. They are two oh, distinct and very very solid offerings from. <laughs> Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
0: Uh Franny, well, I didn't how- know they had such a large portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> how was your week this week? It was it was good. I mean it was it was uh, you know, things are sort of getting back to normal at work. Um, you know, not back to hundred percent, but uh, you know, we're we're getting there. We're moving uh, we're moving in that direction. So uh, it's 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 better than it has been in, you know, I'd say the last two months. So it's it's improving for sure, Ben. What about you?
1: Oh, good, good, good. Uh, yeah, tonight uh, was a very—I mean—it was an interesting week. It was actually a long week at work. There was a lot going on at work, which I guess is good. Uh, it was a lot going on at work that took me away from my day to day, which I did enjoy. Uh, we had a, a few outings with Sonia. Uh, the traffic I noticed is—I mean it's picking up significantly here in Los Angeles. So it's clear that that more and more is opening every week. We were sort of in bumper to bumper traffic at about four thirty or five o'clock on Friday. And that was much, much, much increased over the last time I was on the freeway, the Friday before that. So it really looks like mm-hmm. things are opening up and people are traveling a lot more.
0: Yeah, you can definitely tell there's more cars on the road than there were in the previous, you know, two or three weeks even. So, yeah, it's, it's, this week it really picked up.
1: Yeah, so I was looking forward to a, a shortened commute when I go back to the office, but it doesn't look like that's going <laughs> to be the case. And Friday, what are we going to talk about this week?
0: Uh, tonight, Ben, on the big board... We're going to make a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We also have our NFL news, as usual. We're also going to play a promo. Ben, how many promos do we have for our fellow podcasters or one uh, of our fellow podcasters? Just the out one, there? a Browns fan uh,
1: podcast from the beautiful, beautiful nation state of Ireland.
0: Nice. And so we're going to play that promo uh, from them. And we also have our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, our Eagles news, Seahawks news, and Steelers news. We also have our feel-good story. That feel-good story just doesn't disappear off the agenda. It's always there. (laughs) And we're also going to talk a little bit about the Jordan documentary, The Last Stand. Yep of the last dance this, this weekend, or last weekend, actually. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. We also have our shot of the week, which is in honor of the Memorial Day holiday. Happy Memorial Day to uh, everybody here in the U.S. It's a three-day weekend, You know, not as much to do, Unfortunately, as last Memorial Day. And we also have our beverage of the week, which is once again from Balcones or Balcones. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that, um, but it is the true blue corn whiskey. Ben, we haven't had, we've only had two corn whiskeys on the show and they've both been from Balcones or Balcones. Uh, The first one was the baby blue and this one is the true blue. And uh, so I can't wait to try that. And we also have our beer. Of the week, the last few weeks, we've had domestic beers. Uh, Tonight, we have an international beer. It's from Germany. And uh, not sure exactly what it is. I don't have the bottle in front of me, but it's a long name. Um, But we'll definitely get to that. We'll try that German beer. It's highly rated. And we'll definitely get around to that. And Ben, you also have your housekeeping to finish up the show.
1: Absolutely. It's the Weltenberger Kloster Barak Dunkel. That's a mouthful. that's, That's
0: why. I can not remember for
1: that particular beer. Uh, yeah, first up, uh, thank you all to our loyal listeners as well as our new listeners. We truly, truly appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts and souls. Since 2008, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight, please consider heading over to our website, com, or search Thirsty Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. Just a little homework for everybody out there. Please, please, please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person uh, between now and next Saturday. Tell them about our show. Get our show in their podcatcher, on their desktop, on their tablet. Uh, but please, 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 if you enjoy our show, share it with a friend, a relative, a coworker, a stranger, and get it on their podcatcher. Friday what's next up on the big board?
0: Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL news. Oh, Franny, do you have a shot on the table? You know what? Yeah, I see uh, who's up first on the agenda. And per our drinking game agreement, Ben, (laughs) if I say anything (laughs) negative about any team in my division, the NFC East, I take a shot. And Dak is on the agenda so I'm sure I will say something negative about him and if you say anything negative about anybody in your division Ben and your division is the AFC North the AFC North so if you say anything negative about Baltimore or the Browns or the Bengals or even the Steelers I mean you actually say a lot of negative things about your own team and uh, Sonia who's not on the show tonight but who you never know she might she might uh, join us for a minute or so, uh, but if she says anything negative about any team in her division, which is the NFC West, then she takes a shot. So it's an ongoing drinking game that we've had for probably over a year now. At and, least. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we have these wonderful shots. You have the Southern Comfort Line, which is pretty disgusting. It and is disgusting. The Evan Williams uh, Peach, which is also not that great. It's sort <laughs> of a punishment <laughs> shot. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to say something negative about Dak, Ben.
1: Yeah, and this keeps coming up week after week. If nothing else, if nothing, nothing else, Dak Prescott is doing a very good job of keeping himself in the news. Uh, but this saga continues as Dallas Cowboys rumbling on with rumors taking center stage. The matter seems to have culminated earlier this week with a report claiming that Prescott rejected a mega deal, $175 million for five years. Prescott allegedly asking for $45 million a year. Instead, uh, the player's agent poured cold water on this report allegedly this week, according to Ian Rappaport. According to the team side and Dak Prescott's agent, the report is definitely not true. The two sides have discussed such scenarios, not discussed discussed such scenarios or anything like it. Dak wants a shorter deal. The Dallas Cowboys want a longer one. And July 15th is the deadline. Uh, that's a deadline for... Uh, franchised players to sign an extension, or they are stuck with that tender, or to sign or not sign that tender. Uh, finally, what say you about Dak turning down thirty-five or whatever that whatever comes out to one hundred seventy-five million for five years, asking for forty-five million? Mm-hmm. I believe that it's true. I don't know why he would be asking <laughs> for a shorter deal with less guaranteed money. But what say you about Dak Prescott? Yeah, that- that also up. doesn't
0: make much sense to me. You know, I mean, the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it doesn't make sense to me that the Cowboys would offer this much. It doesn't make sense to me that Dak Prescott thinks he's worth this much or more. It seems, um, but 175 million dollars for this guy. I mean, I, 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 if you don't take that kind of money, I don't care what, who you are. You know, I mean, you, you could be you know, the best QB in the league. I mean, that's the best QB in the league type money. $35 right million million dollars and then uh he, oh, he wants 45 I can't believe it but allegedly <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah. like mind boggling I mean I don't, I don't know how much of this is true I don't know if it's just some sort of a rumor I don't know if it's just you know thrown out there in the media because we have nothing else to talk about right now and you know this is just some sort of news and we've, we've been talking about this for weeks now so it's always fun to talk about and it's my division it's NFC so I have a lot of fun talking about it but if it is true then Dak Prescott is out of his mind and so are the Cowboys for offering him that much
1: yeah, I mean, obviously the Dallas Cowboys leaked this out. Uh, true or untrue, I'm sure it was the Cowboys camp that leaked this out trying to get a response out of Prescott.
0: i want to take a shot of the bottle because <laughs> I don't have a shot. <laughs> on the table With Dak that Prescott, he's not worth that much. He's no, no way. We've talked
1: about not. this week after week. Uh, but it's interesting to see this come up again this week, $35 million over five years. I, I, the, the scuttlebutt is that Prescott's camp is claiming that he wants a two- or three-year deal, pushing him up a little bit closer to 30 years old, where he thinks he'll be able to cash in with a giant mega deal as one of his last two contracts, two or three contracts in the league. I think that's a pretty risky bet uh, mm-hmm. I think that if you if that was your plan of action why wouldn't you just say you're gonna sign the franchise tag play great this year and then get yourself a nice big fat contract next year because you're gonna play so great this year uh, I think that that they're continuing to hold out for more money and more guaranteed money I don't think uh, that they want a, a shorter deal I don't I've never heard of anyone wanting a shorter deal with less guarantees uh, in hopes of getting a bigger contract you know, especially for a team like the Cowboys, I'm just not buying it from Prescott's camp.
0: Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, you know, to sign a four year deal and then, you know, wait for, um, you know, the fifth year and see what the QB market is, you know, when he's 30 some years old, um, you know, he's, he's definitely not worth this much. Now he's not going to be worth that much later. Um, you know, you have, you have to consider, you know, the Cowboys have to consider his value throughout the league and what other teams would pay this guy. Uh, if, if he was released tomorrow, he would not be signed by any team for anywhere near that money. You know, I mean, he, he's not that good. I mean, he's yeah, good. I don't, he's not. he's not, you know, that good where he deserves that kind of money. And uh, nobody, I mean, look at Cam Newton is still sitting around out there, you know, without a job. I mean, Joe Flacco just signed a, you know, one and a half million dollar deal. You know, Andy Dalton, they signed for three million dollars. I mean, those guys are, you know, probably worth more than that. Um, but Dak Prescott to think that he's worth, you know, forty five million in that last year of his. Co- he's 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 nuts. He's, either he's out of his mind, or his or his his um, his manager or whoever, his agent, um, is out of his mind. Yeah, because it doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I think I mentioned this. Last. I mean, I think it's because it's the Yankees, because it's the Cowboys, because it's one of those types of teams that has a history of overpaying for stars that they, they think they can extract this money out of the Joneses. And Mm -hmm. I just don't think $45 million is a ridiculous amount of money to be asking for coming off an eight and eight season where you missed the playoffs and, you know, great numbers, notwithstanding you had a decent enough offense and and there's more, as I think I said last week, uh, there's more to quarterback play than just statistics. There are wins and losses and the, the Cowboys are not stacking up enough uh, numbers in the win Column under Prescott to justify that kind of money, uh, Roethlisberger. Like I said, I mean, he's thrown up a bunch of five thousand yard seasons, and they went pretty deep into the playoffs. I think in, in two of those seasons, once to the championship game, once to the divisional round, and the Cowboys can't even seem to get that far. So I, I I think it's way way too much money.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's way too much, and it was a generous offer by the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys offered up too much. Oh yeah, I mean, hundred 100- you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if you know those numbers are exact, but I'm, you know, they they did offer him even before you know this news came out, 100 and what 30 some million, or you know, yeah, it's also around 30 some million, 33, 34 million dollars a year, which is, you know, more than enough uh, money for you know for Dak Prescott, and um, I, I just don't know what the guy wants. You know, I, I have no idea how much money this guy wants, how much he thinks he's worth. Um, but like you said, Ben, I mean, you know, he he might have some pretty decent stats. I mean, you know, he did throw for you know, close to or just over five thousand yards. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Forty nine, um, something might think. but you know, maybe. he was also eight and eight in the worst division in football. Yeah. You know, I mean and, and, and worse than the AFC did, North even. Yeah. Yeah. Well the AFC North actually had some pretty decent teams. I mean, you know, they had yeah. Green Bay, uh, which was, you know, they went to the uh the NFC championship game. Um but uh yeah i mean he's, he is definitely out of his mind, and you know eight and eight is 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 pretty much where they 've been stuck you know with with him at the helm. you know they had that one you know half decent season where they won the playoffs, and you know the Seahawks allowed them to win that that playoff game, but you know he, he hasn 't really shown anything in the league um to command that type of money
1: yeah I mean Eli manning got ran mean he got run out of town in New York, and mm-hmm. he has two Super Bowl rings against the best team to play football in the last twenty years. So mm-hmm. there, there's more to your value than, you know, how many yards you can throw up in a particular season or, or a stretch of seasons. Mm-hmm. And know, it's not it, like
0: they have a terrible team around him either. No, that's
1: the thing that, that makes it so frustrating. Right. You know. I mean, if he's Dan Marino, I'd say, OK, you know, I don't know what to tell you. You know, you, you, you really didn't have the team around you. You had no receivers. Your running game was pretty, uh, pretty pathetic for most of your career. And the defense was terrible, you know, but that's not mm-hmm. the case in Dallas. Uh, yeah. Some of the most prime time players in the league on offense, and, on the offensive a, gr- line. and a great offensive line, and a decent enough defense as well, mm-hmm. especially in that secondary. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you, Dak. Uh, if you can, yeah. if you can extract this kind of money out of Jerry, more power to you. But no. I, I, I sure as hell. wouldn't If I was give the
0: Cowboys, though, I would say Go eat a deck. I
1: would have signed. I would have <laughs> signed Flacco and drop
0: him, <laughs> and get you know have Dalton. You know, let let's see if you want to test the market see how much you're worth out there on the free market as a free agent. And, uh, you know, nobody's going to pick him up, as a, maybe as, as a backup. I mean, he, he'd be a backup on most teams, actually. I, th- I think, you know, maybe 10, 10, 11, 12 teams in this league, 13, he'd be a backup. He wouldn't be a starter.
1: Oh, for sure. And, so. I, and I think this is uh, the Jones's way of saying, we offered him Aaron Rodgers' money. What does the world think about that? Yeah. And I think that the world outside of Dallas – because Dallas fans are just ridiculous. They they have "pay me" like tattooed on the inner part of their <laughs> lip. Like you got to pay the man, pay the man. I mean, it's like now, tattooed on their true. forehead the second that they become a Dallas Cowboy fan. Like anyone that they like, you got
0: to pay them. Um, whatever they want. I don't know if they like Dak though. I don't know if they like Dak. Oh, they know, do. You know, Troy Aikman. They think Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, I understand Troy Aikman, but Dak. Uh, you know, just, just, just reading the comments in most of these articles and just on, you know, Facebook and on Instagram, a lot of them are, are, are saying it's, it's, it's outrageous. I mean, the offer is way too much for his talent level. And a lot of them, you know, a lot of them are, are, are pretty level headed when it comes to paying Dak. I mean, if it was Aaron Rodgers, you know, that type of a quarterback, then, you know, pay the guy. But for Dak Prescott, a lot of them are just saying, you know, release him, let him go. You know, we can, you know. Do just as much with Andy Dalton, at, you know, at, at as the starting quarterback because the drop off in talent is really not that big.
1: No, and and I don't agree with with the sentiment that that you have to pay him because you need the quarterback that bad. I, I don't think he brings enough to the table to push them
2: mm-hmm.
1: into salary cap hell potentially, especially if next year the salary cap is decreased rather than increased because yeah. of the lack of revenue coming into the league without fans. So yeah. I, I think I think the Joneses are have made a generous offer. And Mr. Prescott and his agent should take it.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, as as an Eagles fan, though, I hope he does sign for a huge, huge deal so that they, you know, mortgage their future and are, you know, set back as a franchise for the next five, six, seven years because of the huge contract. So I hope he does sign it.
1: Yeah. By then you'll have 10 running backs and four quarterbacks.
0: So you'll (laughs) have you'll have (laughs)
1: you'll have all the quarterbacks in the NFC East. (laughs) <laughs> uh, next up, a little bit of uh, a story that's near and dear to my heart. Anytime Jim Kelly talks, I listen. Uh, Jim Te- Jim Kelly this week was talking about the Bills, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback and four-time Super Bowl loser. Jim Kelly was the last quarterback to lead the Buffalo Bills to an AFC East title. But Kelly thinks that honor will soon be handed over to Josh Allen, according to the USA Today. Kelly made an appearance on CBS Radio and predicted that the Bills will win the AFC For the first time, or the AFC East for the first time since 1995. If they don't, there's something wrong, Kelly said. Tom Brady is not there to block you anymore. So that to me is huge. Jim Kelly says Buffalo Bills will win the AFC East or something is wrong. Now that Brady is gone, I definitely do not think the Bills are the team to... I definitely think that do think that the Bills are the team to beat. Even though you look at the Jets, they're getting better. Miami and Tua coming in. I think they're going to be better. But of course, Belichick is going to have the New England Patriots ready to play. We'll see what happens at the quarterback position in New England. But right now, there's no doubt that the Bills are probably favored to win the AFC East. And if they don't, then they must have some serious injuries because they have all the ingredients it takes to move on to the Playoffs, Friday. what say you about Jim Kelly putting the hammer down, putting his chips on the table and saying the Bills should win the AFC East? And that comes uh, from someone who won the AFC East on six or seven different occasions as the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. And Mm -hmm. they should take that to heart. What do you think?
0: I mean, he was a much better quarterback than Josh Allen. I think that's the main issue. With the Bills right now is Josh Allen. I mean, they have their defense is pretty good. They have a you know pretty decent receiving core. They, you know they they picked up digs even in the off season. Um, you know they have a pretty good you know coaching staff. I think McDermott uh, is the coach there right now. Um, but you know I, I think the, the the main issue is Josh Allen. I mean I'm not a big fan of the guy. Um, you know he, he's definitely he's an athletic quarterback, but he he just I mean, he can't complete that many passes. I mean, he no. was—he seems like a run-first quarterback, and, and when he does throw it, he's not very accurate. And, uh, you know, you can win some games like that, but you're not going to win a ton of games. I mean, maybe in the AFC East this year, um, you know, with, you know, Tom Brady leaving. Um, but, you know, the Jets are there. Uh, Miami has also made a lot of moves a to improve lot of their roster. Um, so, you know, you know, Jim Kelly, obviously, he's going to have faith in his old franchise. Um, but I, I think the one... Glaring issue is Josh Allen, and he's trying to give him credit, but I don't think he should.
1: No, and I want him to be right. I mean, I, I, I almost, I almost went back and dug down into the audio from the Bills' loss in the playoffs last year when I just ripped uh, Josh Allen to shreds because that was about as poor a performance in a playoffs for a healthy player at the quarterback position than I've ever seen. Uh, He made Lamar Jackson's first playoff appearance look spectacular by comparison. He played (laughs) so poorly in that game, especially in the second half, that it was hard to imagine that team with him at quarterback getting better this year. So I, I hope Jim Kelly is right, and I hope that, that they take it to heart and whatever, whatever Josh Allen has to do to get himself right and to get himself into a position to play quarterback at a high level, especially when you're getting near the playoffs, whatever he needs to do to make that happen, whatever coaches they need to bring in, whatever drills they need to run, he needs to get better because he was – pathetic in the playoffs last year and I want the bills to be good and as, as, as yeah. much I'm just not sure if you if you can get I, I think this is as good as he is and that's to say I think because they have made yeah. so many improvements to that team mm-hmm. and talk about a I mean talk about the 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 Cs parting for you with Tom Brady leaving the Jets perennially problematic and Miami regardless of what they do they don't seem to be able to get out of their own way even though they did make a lot of improvements especially on the defensive side of the ball this year uh, that division should be should be wide open. Uh, McDermott's a good coach. It should be wide open. Uh, but I'd hate to see you know them tying their wagon to Josh Allen and that be the reason that they don't make the, that they don't make the playoffs, they don't win the division. Mm-hmm. Because he played as bad as you could play last year.
0: Yeah. I mean they're riding their defense right now. I mean if, if Josh Allen was just a little bit better, they'd have much more success and I'd be I'd be much more confident in them. But just watching the guy play the last couple of years, I you know, it's it's almost like, um, you know, somebody that's maybe slightly better than Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he's not that much better, really. I mean, it, I, I watch both the of these guys and they look pretty similar. I mean, they're, yeah. they're both athletic, um, but they, you know, they, they just they don't scan the field. Um, you know, it seems like they don't find the right receivers. You know, when they do, they're just not very accurate down the field and uh, you know I, that's that's just the problem and and uh, it's unfortunate for the bills and and their fans because that is our adopted team right Ben that
1: is for sure <laughs> and and watching them you know i was in in college in buffalo in the early 90s left there in 1996 so i saw the best of what the bills had to offer and how much it meant to that city and to those fans and it would be a shame if they can't figure out some way because he has the he has the talent it's just a question of figuring out a way to get him to play at a higher level and be more consistent and get the ball to the receivers in stride and not throw those kinds of ridiculously costly interceptions or make the kind of you know terrible mistakes that he made in the playoffs last year. Uh, but next up, Cam Newton, again, on the agenda. Cam Newton was almost... A Los Angeles Charger. When Cam Newton was released by the Panthers, the Los Angeles Chargers were widely viewed as a good fit for the quarterback, but the Chargers didn't sign Newton, choosing instead to stick with veteran Tyrod Taylor and second-year backup Easton Stick. That sounds like a that sounds like a baseball player, Easton Stick. Before drafting Justin Herbert with the number six overall pick in the draft this year. Uh, Chargers coach Anthony Lynn acknowledged in a recent interview with CBS Sports Radio that Los Angeles absolutely considered signing Newton, saying, we did take a long look at that. When asked why the Chargers ultimately passed on the 2015 MVP, Lynn said he feels really good about the quarterback room that he has now. Uh, Franny, what say you about the 31-year-old Cam Newton almost getting picked up by the Los Angeles Chargers in the offseason this year i think it would have been a good fit especially uh, starting instead of tyrod taylor with justin herbert uh, sitting in the bench this year or coming in potentially on a, a newton injury what do you think
0: yeah i mean i you know obviously came over it depends on the price it depends on you know how much they would be able to get him for um, if it's for you know uh, an amount that works for both the player and the team then you know obviously i wouldn't have a problem with that but um, if you're going to Draft a quarterback as high as the Chargers did, then I feel you really you should start that guy. You know, first game of the season, you just throw him in there. Oh, I would. You know, new team. Uh, well, actually, new stadium. Uh, basically, a new city that you're in. Um, it's almost like a new start. And I think you know they they, they you know changed their uh, their uniforms just a little bit, made some some design changes there. Um, so you know, Cam Newton. I, I think he still has some left in the tank. But if I'm the Chargers, I think. You know, just uh, starting uh, Justin Herbert the first day of the season is probably the best for them right now.
1: Which is why Anthony Lynn won't do it. Uh, yeah. But it, it looks like the going, old school. He's old school. Yeah, it looks like the going rate for uh, for release quarterbacks these days is about three million dollars. So they probably could get <laughs> a pretty good deal on Newton. Uh, I mean, I don't mind Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he started for a bunch of teams in his career, and he's played you know pretty average, but but not not terrible. But I mean, I agree with with Franny, and I, I was told that we need to disagree more on the podcast. Uh, but unfortunately, it Wait, just who doesn't. Because uh, I it? could,
0: I could just disagree with you. Just you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was reading a uh, you know a, a, a synopsis Comment. of what you know. Uh-huh. It, I guess the fans oh. fans of the show get uh, tied in and, and they identify with one of the one uh-huh. of the sides in the argument, and it leads them to listen more, allegedly. Uh, but I'm sorry, folks, if we agree more than we should. But uh, some of these things are
0: pretty obvious. Like when you you know draft- what, man? you're you wrong, you're <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't agree. Justin Herbert shouldn't start. He's too young. <laughs> He's, you know, too coming young. out. He wasn't he, he wasn't NFL ready when they drafted him high. Cam Newton should definitely come in <laughs> and teach this guy. Had a quarterback,
1: <laughs> so you just plant your feet in the ground and you make sure that your upper body does it's all just gotta, of the to work. Be Superman, you just got to make sure your upper body does all of the work, so that you grind your spine into dust by the time you're six years <laughs> in the league. That was my strategy as Cam Newton. To he was make an MVP. sure
0: he went to the Super Bowl. He knows a thing or two.
1: Yeah, exactly <laughs> about losing a Super yeah. Bowl. Uh, but next up, another beautiful, beautiful story out of indianapolis philip rivers your head coach frank reich once of the philadelphia eagles super bowl winning team uh doesn't believe that quarterback philip rivers stay in indianapolis will be just for one year reich speaking this past monday he sees the 38 year old quarterback who still has the ability to play multiple years in the nfl the spirit of negotiations was: we're in this together, and as long as Philip wants to play, wants to be here in the NFL, we know he has the power to prove it. We have to prove it, prove it as a team, and keep him wanting to play and play here. I just can't tell you from the previous relationship with the Chargers. I really believe it's Philip's intent to play multiple years. I personally believe he's more than capable of doing that. Rivers signed a one-year, twenty-five. You hear that, deck? 25 (laughs) million, coming off a 12-win season, a $25 million deal with the Colts in March after spending the first 16 years of his career with the Chargers coming off a 2019 season where he turned the ball over 23 times, including 20 interceptions, which were third most in the NFL. Rivers played 224 straight games, thrown 59,271 yards, 397 touchdowns. And eight Pro Bowl appearances. Sorry, it was twelve wins the year before last. Uh, this past year was up. not as good a performance. But what do you think about Frank Reich's confidence that thirty-eight year old Philip Rivers is going to be the quarterback in Indy for multiple years? Which I think is a yeah. fucking mistake.
0: So so do I. I'm sorry to agree with you again, Ben. <laughs>
1: well, maybe I don't we're think just maybe we're just really smart. It's... Maybe the other podcasters <laughs> just they don't know what they're talking about. They're like, Yo, Philip
0: Rivers, let play. I'll let him play until he's forty-five. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they know what they're talking about. They haven't you seen Philip Rivers play football. Then. But, uh, you know, I, I just don't, I don't see him lasting longer than maybe this year, maybe two years. Um, you know, the Colts really need to find another quarterback. I mean, they're going to draft somebody pretty soon. And Phillip Rivers did not look great at 38. He's going to be 39, you know, playing into 40. He's no Tom Brady. Uh, you know, he, he's on the same shape as Tom Brady. He doesn't throw the ball as well as Tom Brady. Um, you know, the sidearm thing. That's always bothered you. That's always just just really weird to throw him, watch him throw the football. Just let's get ready to limbo. Limbo under
1: my delivery.
0: I don't know how he does it. I mean, I I give the guy credit for you know launching the ball down the field like that, but I don't. He's done it. It's not pretty.
1: Yeah, he's done it ever since he was at NC State. I mean, he's that's the way he's thrown it since you know since he was was in college.
0: And and I think he's better than you know he's better than Jacoby Brissett, in my opinion. I I think it's you know he's a step up. But maybe not that much more, though. You know, and and can he can he stay healthy? You know, you know how much how much arm strength is he going to lose? You know, this year into next year. I mean, um, you know, he's once the quarterback starts getting closer to forty years old, and we see we see Breeze. uh, You know, we saw Peyton Manning when he was with Denver. I mean, you know, even Tom Brady last year. I mean, he's over forty. You know, he just wasn't able to throw the ball down the field the same way. I mean, Roethlisberger he's always been a strong guy we'll see how he does uh you know this year at 38 39 years old too um uh, but philip rivers uh, yeah ben I, yeah you're, you're pointing at your at your mustache beard yeah, right he Do got a beard trim this week yeah. yeah actually i saw him he was on the yeah. plane he was he was, it was that that's uh, the yeah. on the plane he was he looks like he was getting back into game shape and uh, grooming himself once again
1: yeah so we'll see i i i don't i don't like frank i mean i don't know what the optics of this are or the point of saying this is uh you know i and i think that I, I give Sean Payton a lot of credit for bringing in Jameis Winston because I think he knows that Breeze is is cooked. I, I don't think Breeze is going to make it through this whole season. Uh, I actually predict here on um, whatever this is, May twenty second, twenty third, twenty third, that Breeze will not be the quarterback throughout the the entirety of the of the Saints two thousand and twenty season. I, I I don't know how much more evidence you needed than than watching. Philip Rivers' played last year. I don't think he had a significant injury last year. I think he's cooked. I think he's done. I I, I think Frank Rick is probably trying to build his confidence, but I think a smarter course of action would be to continue what they're doing. I think they I, I think they probably should have built up a little bit more in the offseason with free agency. They've still got money on the cap uh, and go for a one-year run here with, with Rivers and hope that he's got enough left in the tank to get him through this one year and potentially get to the playoffs and see what they can do there. Uh, but I, I, I think it's it's... It's absolute insanity to think that Rivers is going to play multiple years in Indianapolis. I think they'd be lucky to get him mm. through this season, and and get him through healthy and and do anything significant with that team. I, I think Reich is 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 not being accurate in his reaction to to Philip Rivers.
0: Yeah, no, completely. I, I I I unfortunately agree with you, Ben.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've never been a big Philip Rivers fan because I think he's he's you know he's the anti Michael Jordan. He's the one who blames everyone for everything, but then doesn't perform at a high level. Uh, you know, he likes to he likes to throw the blame around, but then when it comes time uh, to come up with the big play, the big pass, the big throw in the big game, he's not able to come through. Even though he's had some really, really top tier offenses on that team mm-hmm. over the years, some 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 top rank one, two, three in the league types of offenses. And wasn't able to come through in the clutch. Uh, next up, Franny, we do have a, this. I think this is this is interesting because I've been following closely everything that has to do with the league uh, potentially having to delay the start of the season because that is like my worst nightmare that they have to delay the start of the season in September. But I'm really, I was really heartened by this story, and I, I'm really interested to see what they look like. But the NFL is looking at face masks upgrade. Uh, The Players Association Medical Director said Monday that the NFL engineers and sports equipment company Oakley—oh, that's not a good (laughs) sign—are testing prototypes of modified face masks that contain surgical N95 material. Speaking on Monday, uh, Adam uh, Schefter—the Adam Schefter podcast—Tom Mayer said there will probably be a recommendation that the NFL will use such masks to protect players from the coronavirus when the league returns to play. Uh, back in early March, they had suggested that they would that they would consider novel and emerging ways to handle helmets and the face masks that spread the virus. And these guys, the bioengineers that they use and the league uses, Oakley, as you know or may not know, uh, does the face visors for the league under contract. These guys got the bit between their teeth, Mayer said. I uh, wasn't exactly sure how the modifications would look, but he acknowledged that it is realistic to think that the new designs could cover a player's entire face mask and that the engineers were working on, a, on a, such a design and what that might entail. Uh, they've got some prototypes. They're doing really good work. Some of them, when you first look at them, you think, gosh, no, that's terrible because you, you're not used to seeing it. You're just not used to seeing it. Uh, but they're looking at every issue they can imagine. Uh, including when it fogs up, when it, when the weather's bad. Uh, what do we do with that? But these guys are used to dealing with this stuff. Oakley has experience designing durable eye, durable eyeglasses. Friday, I'd like to hear your commentary on Oakley's durable sunglasses. Uh, but they uh. won't fog up, and the military uses them as well. Uh, but, Friday, what do you think about the, the players being out there and, and not being able to see, probably won't be able to see much of their face, but if they're able to develop a face mask that will keep uh, particles of the coronavirus from people's eyes, nose, and mouth, they can play.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it, it still doesn't um, you know, allow any fans into the stadium, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but, One step uh, at a time. One step at a time. It, yeah, but I, I mean, it depends. It, you know, I'm not sure what the design is or what it looks like. Uh, it seems like they have something in place there. But um, the thing with, with the N95 masks is they don't allow that much oxygen to breathe. You know, I mean, it's like you're, you're breathing in a lot of the same carbon dioxide that you just breathed out and you're breathing it back in again. And if you're, a, uh, you know, an athlete on the field, you need as much oxygen as you can possibly get. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure how much de- this type of mass is going to diminish the amount of oxygen that the, each player is getting. But I mean, if it's, if it's you know... the almost 100%, then, you know, hey, if, if they have um, you know a, a very good design for the mask in place and, you know, if it, it doesn't get in the player's way, if it's not sliding up and down their mask and, you know, I, you know, the Oakley visors seem pretty nice and pretty cool. And if, you know, if it's something that can stay in place like that and not really, you know, bother the players, then, you know, why not? But I, I just think it's a little overkill. I, I, I don't really see any need for it. To begin with,
1: yeah, and they're not doing it in in the in the Bundes what Bundesliga?
0: Did yeah, I get the that right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Damn, the, I'm impressed with myself. Yeah, uh, pretty good. The man. Bundesliga tells you how desperate we are for sports, and I, I know the name of the German soccer league now. Um, it's a good league, but I think it's a good fallback plan. <laughs> I mean, I think it is. A, I mean, it's it, but it shows that they're you know to the extent that states or municipalities will be having to decide whether or not to approve. Uh, games to play i mean california already sort of walked back their initial uh their initial proclamation that there wouldn't be any sports in in the state until 2021 they've already walked that back into june or july so i bet mean, i think it is a good backup plan it's something that if they could figure out a way i mean is there a way do you think to figure out to get oxygen to pass through a mass that is able to filter out that yeah, I mean, that that's small have have- particle
0: yeah, I mean you have to have some sort of a filter there to catch those small, smaller particles and I would imagine it would it would just be a little more difficult to breathe because just not as much air is passing through to your nose and mouth to allow the oxygen. I mean I I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some sort of technology out there that you know they, that can filter it but um you know even even with the basic, you know, surgical masks that we wear at work, even the level 2 masks or even the level one masks actually. I don't even know if there's a level on those one masks. Um, you know, even even those, you know, makes it a little bit more difficult to breathe. Especially, you know, if if you're out and you're running around and your you know your heart rate is up and you're sweating and um, you know it's just it's just getting warm, you know, around your your nose and yeah. your mouth and just yeah. it, it just makes it more difficult in those situations. Yeah. If you're just walking around normally, then okay. But if you're a player, an athlete on the field. Uh, that's a little difficult.
1: I know. I'm just happy that they're doing something. So, I mean, I'm happy that they're that they're preparing for the worst case scenario. And if that worst case scenario comes, and they have to play with some type of equipment like that, they won't be starting from scratch. They'll have it. They'll have it in the bag, and they'll have it ready to go. Uh, but I do agree. I mean, it, it's going to be hard to get that kind of oxygen intake uh, through the mask. But uh, I'm just heartened that they're really, really looks like they're not just shining us on with a September start. They are going to do everything that they possibly can to make that happen. And I can't wait to see what this looks like. It's going to be like Ladanian Tomlinson on the top and then like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I don't know, Bane or something on the bottom. I'm not sure what it's going to look like exactly, um, but it, it should be anything they can do to make sure that they, they kick this league off in September and the players are safe and we can watch football with fans or no fans. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. All right. A quarterback that's near and dear to my heart, UCLA alum, Josh Rosen is on the move or maybe on the move. Uh, in spite of a disappointing NFL career to date, former first round pick and UCLA grad or UCLA uh, uh, quarterback, Josh Rosen is attracting some interest from around the league and could be traded for a second time in two season. Uh, the New York Times or the New York Post reports. Uh, oh, Josh Rosen, by the way, the forgotten man. Teams called the Miami Dolphins about Rosen's availability this offseason, according to Michael Girardi, of the NFL network. Thus far, the Dolphins are in no hurry to trade him. Uh, Rosen 23 is one of three quarterbacks in the Dolphins depth chart alongside veteran quarterback and Harvard quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick and rookie Tua Tagovailoa, who was drafted number five overall in April, the six foot four. 215 pound product is the penultimate is in the penultimate year of his rookie deal with a fifth year option in 2022. Rosen was drafted 10th overall. Did you remember that
2: mm-hmm, 10th mm-hmm. overall?
1: That. Yeah. And was the fourth quarterback off the board behind Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. So he might've been, he might still be the best quarterback in that bunch. <laughs> Uh, he passed for two thousand two hundred seventy eight yards, eleven touchdowns. That's not the 40, best company. That's for sure. 40, exactly. I mean, it's
0: not it's not hard to be the best quarterback <laughs> in that bunch.
1: The best quarterback behind Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh. Yeah. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> uh although the, uh, we still have hope for, for Sam Darnold in New York. Uh they finished a league worst three and thirteen in Arizona and used the number one overall pick in the two thousand nineteen draft to select former Sooners quarterback Kyler Murray. Uh the Cardinals dealt Rosen to Miami in exchange for a two thousand nineteen second round pick and a two thousand twenty fifth round pick uh, one day after they drafted his replacement uh, so what say you about Josh Rosen who I I know will disagree about this I still have hopes that Josh Rosen can be a solid quarterback in this league and I think I know, that the Steelers you've, you've should be been, out there looking to fucking trade for somebody to back up Ben Roethlisberger we still don't have a backup quarterback for him
0: I, I, I think he's a better option than both Rudolph and Devlin Hodges for sure uh, but he, he sort of gotten the short end of the stick in his time in the NFL uh you know I mean in, in Arizona it was just a bad team I mean even this year still a bad with team. Kyler Murray they were also a pretty bad team they were five and 11 you know with Kyler Murray I don't even know why he was rookie of the year uh he didn't look like it over there the offensive not,
1: line was terrible
0: yeah I mean and, and that's part of the reason and and you know with, with with Josh Rosen he had the same offensive line I think actually this year uh the team actually improved. A little bit over what Rosen actually had um, and then he goes to Miami another bad team uh, you know where Fitzpatrick he has tons of experience he's kind of one of those guys that plays really well for about five or six games then plays really bad for about five or six games and plays well again for about five or six games so he's very inconsistent but Miami didn't really care uh, you know and, and and you know they gave Rosen a chance you know he didn't really shine uh, in the, I think it was a game or two that he actually yeah, played in. Yeah, he did. Um, but he also, did. It's, it's really difficult to just come in and 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 try to play well on a bad team. Um, I, I think Josh Rosen has the mechanics. He's sort of your stereotypical like old school quarterback that sort of stands in the pocket, can launch the ball, throw the ball down the field. He's you know fairly accurate. I th- think he can. He, he I think he still has a chance. Uh, you know to to make a career for himself in the NFL.
1: I agree, uh, but I have higher hopes i think for
0: him than you yeah, do and you I think he's going to be like a <laughs> hall of famer
1: i mean i think he's got i think he's got all the skills uh but most importantly not only does he have the physical skills he has the emotional maturity to uh not really <laughs> 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 I, disagree. That's, I disagree that's been one of his no- that's been one of his knocks uh, it has been, but I've listened to his interviews and i've I've read. Uh, many of his interviews and and listen to some of his interviews this week. I think he's more mature than people give him credit for. I think he he gets a raw deal a little bit in the media, and I don't think his agent has done him any favors either. But I think he's got the emotional and and intellectual maturity and the physical skills to be a solid number two in this league, if not a starting quarterback on on a team a a Joe Flacco type or a uh, Rex Grossman type one year where you potentially get yourself <laughs> to the Super Bowl, but I think he's got the the skills to to be at least as good as somebody like Joe Flacco.
0: I do. No, I mean they're they're similar quarterbacks, you know, in 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 terms of you know style. I mean, they're both they're you know they're not very athletic. They don't run the ball very well, but you know as <laughs> yeah, as, as far as you're you know, well UCLA is not famous for
1: their athletic you know, quarterbacks.
0: Pocket quarterback then yeah i mean he, he is that that type of a quarterback you know he's he's not going to be you know running the the ball down the field you know like lamar jackson or anything but you can he can probably throw the ball more accurately down the field than lamar
1: and more than more accurately than josh allen
0: oh yeah yeah so, <laughs> Me and you can throw more accurate, that's accurately
1: that's true that's true even with a regulation side football in my little tiny baby <laughs> hands uh all right Franny, that's it for the nfl news we're actually ahead of schedule by a little bit uh from last week we're trying to get you guys out of here uh in under two hours that's always our goal that we never seem to meet <laughs> or reach uh the, the mountaintop on that one
0: uh, but, but, ben, we,
1: but we always have a good time
0: before we go on to the next um part of the agenda right here uh what do you think about Joe Flacco? We are talking about Joe Flacco just now. What going do you think to about the jet. him going to the Jets? I mean, do you think that's... Uh, I think it's a smart move. That's smart, yeah. I and do. For,
1: for for cheap, too. Yeah, for, for $1.5 million with, with potential for, I think, $3 million in incentives if the guy actually plays. I mean, I think Darnold will play well this year, but I always think Darnold's going to play well. And mm-hmm. I, mean, I think Flacco's definitely lost it. He played horrific in Denver uh, in the short stint that he had there. But I mean, he 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 was a solid quarterback for a, a large number of years, a significant number of years. And it's a, to get him away from Harbaugh to get him away from uh, the kind of expectations that they put on him in Denver. I, I think he could come in and win a few games if Darnold goes out. But for one point five million dollars to take to get Joe Flacco, at least even for the 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 help that he can give to Darnold in terms of situational awareness and understanding. You know, what the quarterback yeah. position
0: I mean, entails a at mentor. a high level. Yeah. Yeah. Because Darnold really hasn't had somebody to mentor him. It just kind of came in. I don't remember who the. No, he's had was, terrible coaches. In, yeah. I mean, five. I mean, Adam Gase. I mean, I, I still don't understand that. Um, but no, I, I think that's where it's a good move for the Jets is just having that older, mature quarterback that's been through everything in the league. He's played on good teams. He's played on terrible teams. He's been in the Super Bowl. And um, yeah, I can I, you know I can I can see him definitely giving um giving him some pointers and uh, you know being a, a, you know one of those like true older mentors where he can actually learn something from.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? And next up on the big board, Ben, we have our promo for our fellow podcaster out there from Ireland. Was it ah uh, yes, from yes. the beautiful beautiful country of Ireland. All right, folks,
1: hold tight, and we'll be right back. With a promo, all right, folks, we are back and we have a promo for a podcast from across the pond in Ireland and we really really support these guys so please give it a listen please subscribe and check this show out
2: we are the two green browns an Irish Cleveland Browns podcast bringing you an Irish view on all things dog pound as long-suffering fans of the enigma that is the Cleveland Browns football team, we promise to bring you an honest opinion along with the best of local Cleveland celebs, national media types, analytical darlings, and you never know, a few players have been known to stop by from time to time. So please find us on Twitter, at 2 Green Browns, and find us across all podcast providers and help us to send the look of the Irish Cleveland's way. Oh, and don't forget, Go Brownies! All right. That
1: is the two green browns podcast this is a cleveland browns podcast a topical chat podcast with fans john cahill and neil dunworth join them every week every week for their takes on the browns news of the week news of the year and all the happenings in brownstown you can find them at a link in the show notes and on twitter at two green browns this is a great podcast it's an awesome podcast these guys are fun uh, from time to time, they actually get players to come on, actually active players, to come on and interview on their show. All the way from Ireland, I'm so sorry. I need to do a shot. I am so sorry that you are Browns fans. I can't help you there. The podcast is great, but the team is terrible. I don't know why you devote this amount of time to the Cleveland Browns, but thank you so much for doing it. Uh But yeah, the Browns, I just can't have any hope for that team until they get malcontents like... Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield out of there, but uh, you know it's a great show. So please listen to the show if you're a Browns fan. But can't say anything nice about the Browns. But I will do a shot as a consequence of saying something nasty about
0: you. Yeah, that's right, Ben. That's, you said something negative about a team in your division. Baker so do you uh, pour yourself a little bit of that. Yeah, Southern ho- Comfort Lime
1: at home with Baker Mayfield, beginning in <laughs> December through through
0: through February. You will be at home with Baker Mayfield. All next, right. up big, big next up on the big board, what's next up on the big board, Friday? Next up on the big board, we have our tag team news, our Thurston goal news. Ben, you are a Steelers fan. We just mentioned that. I am an Eagles fan and Sonia is a Seahawks fan. And I'm sure you have a little bit of news for us, Ben. And I still haven't seen you take the shot. I do. This I is can a little see bit. Camera. This
1: is a little bit of the Southern Comfort lime. Frowny was looking for a liquor that cost less than ten dollars, and he was mm. almost successful in that regard. I can't imagine yeah, this.
0: this... I, I think it was eight ninety nine. Actually, so yeah. Oh my god.
1: Oh my god. So... Back to college in Buffalo and dollar beer nights. This is pretty bad <laughs> stuff, but I'll take it.
0: I don't know what's worse, that. Or the Evan Williams peach. I'm not sure what's worse. Actually, I Actually, haven't tried the Southern, southern ah, Cup of Lime as a punishment, but I'm it's pretty sure it's, it's probably on the same level as this stuff.
1: Whew. Yeah, so my or my Steelers, your Eagles, Sonia Seahawks, where would you like to start, Franny?
0: I think last week we started with the Seahawks. Let's start with the Steelers, Ben. All right. This was a banner week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Big Ben is
1: throwing the ball. He said he wouldn't cut his beard until he could throw the ball at a professional level, and he cut the beard this week. Big Ben is throwing. Before undergoing right elbow surgery in September, Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Big Ben Roethlisberger said he wouldn't cut his hair or shave until he was able to throw a legit NFL pass to one or more of his teammates. That time apparently has come, and it came over this past weekend. The Steelers released a video Monday afternoon Courtesy of Roethlisberger's bigben7.com website, that showed Roethlisberger recently throwing passes to teammates Juju, Smith Schuster, James Conner, and Ryan Switzer. Thank you, Ryan Switzer, for coming back. Near the conclusion of the 38 second video, Roethlisberger is shown in a stylish chair with his haircut, actually a mature haircut, it looked like this time, uh, mm-hmm. and someone using scissors to touch up his neatly trimmed beard. ESPN.com. It's a weird. Yeah. Is something I need to do. ESPN.com reported that Roethlisberger got his makeover at Norman's Cutting Edge Barbershop in Sewickley. Hey, shout out to Norman's Cutting Edge Barbershop. And a person answering the phone at the salon confirmed that the quarterback recently visited. James Conner, Steelers running back. James Conner scheduled to be a... Fr- oh, sorry. That's the next story. Um... <laughs> But yeah, allegedly he broke Philadelphia uh, the the or Pittsburgh and state regulations by going into the barbershop. But screw that. Ben Roethlisberger needed to get that beard trimmed. But what mm-hmm. say you? Did you We're watch looking the, pretty bad. Did you watch the video? The video looked good. The passes looked good. Juju and uh, Ryan Switzer said that he came out firing and he was at full strength throwing the ball. I am ecstatic mm-hmm. about this news. Ronnie no. what say
0: you. Oh, no, it's great. I mean, it's great news. Hopefully, he'll remain healthy for the entirety of the season.
1: You're rolling your eyes um, over there yeah, in your head. I can see it.
0: it <laughs> that must be something with the camera. It's, you know, maybe the the internet kind of cut it off right there. The fan there. of
1: uh, Carson Wentz is making fun of other quarterbacks for not staying healthy. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, he's been healthy almost his entire career. I mean, the, the, you know, this was like pretty much the first yeah. time that he was out for a long period of time. Um, but, you know, he's going to be 39. He's going to be 39 years old. And, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll remain healthy because we know who the backups are in Pittsburgh. Um, but, uh, no, I wish him all the best. I mean, he, he's just uh, he, he's just built like a beast. I mean, he's just one of those big dudes that doesn't need to work out. He was just born, like, strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure he still has the arm strength, uh, at least close to what he had even at this age. um, But, you know, I, I wish him all the best. And he definitely does look better. He does look better. You know, he did shave. He looks... Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, he,
1: I'm going for the Roethlisberger beard right now. That's my hope. Yeah, he looks a little you know, <laughs> groomed and... and
0: yeah, it, it looks, he looks more promising. Yeah, just, he just looks by more the and, promising. And, 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 and just, like, you know, getting a haircut. So he, he looked like a bum. He, really he, like he doesn't bum. look like he's
1: going to be starring on the next season of Fortitude. Um, but yeah, he looks, he looks, he looks better, but I was ecstatic yeah. to hear, uh, from, from Juju from Switzer that, that he looked like he was, he was ready to play. And, you know, I, I think that he likes to cultivate this impression that he doesn't need to work out, that he doesn't exercise that much, but I suspect that he exercises and works out more than people think he does. I uh, probably just likes to keep it sort of on the down low for some unknown reason. And I, I was ecstatic to hear this because as Franny mentioned, uh, the Steelers have made literally no effort whatsoever to to bring in a backup quarterback for Ben Roethlisberger, even though Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco just signed for a combined four point five million dollars, and and they have not gone out and done anything in that regard. So so Ben Roethlisberger must stay healthy. This is you know it's it's an all in season uh, with Roethlisberger because there isn't really. Anyone else that's going to be available, unless the unless the Steelers somehow are able to pick Cam Newton up if he's if he's available during the regular season, or you know, you know another quarterback that happens to be that happens to be on the trade market. But this is really really good news, and I'm happy about it. And next up, would be Ben. If I was a fan of the Steelers, I would definitely be happy. James Conner oft injured. And maligned James Conner. Steelers running back James Conner is scheduled to be a free agent after this season and says it would be hard to play for another team because of how connected he is to the city of Pittsburgh. It would be hard. It would be hard for me to put another helmet on just because of everything and what this city means to me. Connor said on the Adam Schefter Podcast, the city I played my college ball in, the city I had my life saved in, became healthy, the city I got drafted to, and I want to be able to say the city I brought a championship to. Uh James Connor, extraordinarily likable player, person, uh, but injury after injury after injury, not able to stay healthy for an entire season. Uh I would love to see him finish well, out I his career. That
0: was- I thought that was your feel-good story. No, 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 no. Uh,
1: but it, I mean, but it is. I mean, think about that. I mean, he played at Pitt. He gets drafted by the Steelers. He he was there when he had cancer, and he got you know, and he was able to get healthy. He gets drafted by the Steelers. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's it, it would be a shame for him to go somewhere else, but he just has not been able to carry the rock mm-hmm. at a level that you would expect from from a from a number one running back. And as we discussed last week, Mike Tomlin uh, is a is a lead back. Uh, you know. Type of type of coach he wants to have uh, a running back, a feature back in his offense, and I'm not sure that James Conner can do that, but he could prove it this year, and potentially get a contract after after the season. But but what do you think about James Conner? I mean, you you want to, to have someone on your team that wants to be on your team, ideally, right? I mean, because they're going to work harder than someone who is just flashing around from city to city to city. Um, but he he's got to get he's got to figure out how to stay healthy for an entire season.
0: Oh, that's the. But that's been the issue, though. I mean, he, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I mean, it is it is um, you know uh, it is a feel good story. You know, something that's been there his entire you know basically playing life, whether it's college or in in, in football or in the NFL. Um, But you know, it, I just don't think he's going to stick around for that long because his durability. I mean, he's just you know it's a business, and um, you know if if you can't stay healthy then the team has no reason to keep you and they have no reason to pay you whatsoever. Um, So even though you like to be there and you want to be there and uh, you're a good person to have in the locker room, if you're unable to contribute on the field, then sorry, man. Got to go.
1: Yeah. 12
0: games in, but we'll see what happens this year. Yeah.
1: 12 games in 2018, 10 games last year, uh, 973 yards in his marquee year in 2018, 973 yards, but only 464 last year. And and I really like the guy. I think he runs hard. I think he's a Steelers running back. He he, you know, right between the tackles, nothing too fancy. Uh, is able to shake guys off. Is able to punish defensive backs and linebackers when they come up and try to tackle them. It's it's our kind of running back. It's just a question of, you know, whether he he can stay healthy. We drafted a guy out of Maryland this year, whose uh, name escapes me right now. Uh, Benny Benny Snell appears to be, you know, That's not that great. A, a perennial backup. But but we did you know the guy out of, out of Maryland looks like he could be somebody. And and Connor's really going to be under the gun this year to prove that he can stay healthy for an entire season. All right, funny. Seahawks or Eagles? Let's do Eagles, Ben. Oh, Eagles! I gotta flip the page back. <laughs> All right, the Eagles. There wasn't much going on in Eagle Land, although there's always a lot of news in Eagle Land, but it's always uh, because so many people follow the Philadelphia Eagles. You'll see 50 of the same story. You'll look like, oh, my God, look at all (laughs) this news for the Eagles, and it's just 50 different outlets uh, following the same story.
2: Story, Uh,
1: But I found this would be a little bit interesting because I enjoyed the the candor coming from uh, Howie Roseman in this regard. The Eagles say they were and we know they were interested in Jadavion Clowney at a, probably around $15 million earlier this offseason, and now they say they would love to have him, but they will only go out and make an offer to Clowney if it's $10 million or less. The only team out there to really put a hard number on what their what their bottom line is for Jadavion Clowney, who is finding it hard to find a team to pick him up after that injury, to core injury uh, that past season, What do you think about them laying the marker down saying 10 million Clowney come and play?
0: I wouldn't mind. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about Jadavion Clowney after what happened in in the playoffs uh, this past season. Um, But, you know, when he he first became a free agent, his price was $20 million. And then it kind of went down to $15 million. And, uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney might come around to $10 million. So I think they're kind of throwing that number out there. And, you know, they'll see what happens. If they get him, they get him. If they don't, they don't. I mean, for the Eagles, I mean, you know, it'd be nice to have Jadavion Clowney on the team for that amount of money. I wouldn't pay any more for him, though. It doesn't seem like a lot of teams are clamoring to get the guy right now. So, um, you know, if if there's nobody, if there's no teams out there offering him $10 million, he might just uh, call the Eagles and you never know. Yeah, and by
1: all accounts, the Seahawks have washed their hands of him. Uh, It doesn't appear that the Seahawks are in active talks with Clowney, which, which which kind of shocks me. I mean, he's not, you know, with the kind of money that's been thrown around on defensive players this offseason, uh, uh, you know, 12 to 13 to $14 million for Clowney does not seem unreasonable, even over like a three-year spread.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but to push it down to $10 million, uh, that that's a significant pay cut for him, and it's a pride cut, uh, mm. more importantly. But for $10 million... I mean, Clowney did play well for the for the Seahawks last year. Even with that injury, he did play well for the Seahawks. Yeah, his sack numbers aren't high, but he is able to push that pile back and get in the quarterback's face and readjust the game plan for for the offense. And I, and I think he's more valuable than $10 million. The question is, uh, will he be willing to go and play for a contender? I think he wants to play for a contender, but $10 million from $20 million. To cut, have your price cut in half? Uh, that doesn't no, happen he's definitely, at definitely the auction very often.
0: He's not worth 20 That's for sure. He's definitely not worth $20 million. Uh, but and you got guys 15, out there making $20, $20.
1: At, at Edge. Yeah, but well, you know, good for them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but would you, but he's not,
1: he's would you not take it. him for 10?
0: I would. Yeah, definitely. I would take him for $10 million. Yeah, sure. All right. I, th- I think $10, $10 million would be, uh, a, a very good price, uh, you know, for, for somebody with his skill set and and his talent. Definitely.
1: Interesting. Interesting even, interesting. even, even after he, you know, even after, he yeah, I know, I know. Did. Your quarterback, I know did. <laughs> made Josh McCown cry in, in the tunnel, going back to the locker room, couldn't compose himself in the locker room. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I would be, it would be an interesting re, uh, uh reunion. It's not really a reunion, but an interesting, uh, atmosphere to see him coming in and meeting Carson Wentz at training camp.
0: Yeah. Uh, well. I mean, you know, they're I'm, I'm sure they're, they're over it now. I mean, the, the season was so long ago and either team would have probably made it to the Super Bowl anyways. It was uh, it was an exciting game for me and for Sonya. you know, as a tag team, um, as two of our tag teams actually, you know, playing each other in the in the playoffs. That was exciting. But I didn't think either either team really had a chance, uh, you know, to go much further um then you know the next round um but yeah it, it, for 10 million dollars though ben uh, you know that's that's a that's a pretty good price for Davion clowney yeah i mean uh, it, that's i think it's it, it's reasonable it's reasonable
1: and and he's really the only person that's out there right now that is you know of significant note especially on the defensive side of the ball uh, what's your explanation for for why clowney is still out there I mean, the injury wasn't that significant. I he I'm played not, not through sure it all last of, year.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what his personality is. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what he really brings to locker room. I'm not sure if he's an a hole in any sort of way. May, maybe there are rumors out there where he's just not a, a very likable guy. I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe, I'm, I'm just guessing. Maybe he might be like the nicest guy around. But you know, it, it is. Uh, it is. You know, pretty. It is odd. Um, that, uh, that nobody has signed him so far for even just around 15 or 13 or 12, which he could probably, um, get that amount of money. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. Maybe, maybe it is the lingering injury. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really explain it. Um, but I, I think that he's probably worth, I think he's probably worth in the $15 million range. I know he's not getting those kinds of sniffs, but that would be my number that I would put on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have another little bit of interesting news coming out of Eagleville. Uh, Phil Jackson gave a pep talk to the Philadelphia Eagles this week. Were you aware of that? I, I had no idea. Instead of, instead of casting a vote for Michael Jordan over LeBron James or late Kobe Bryant as his favorite NBA player of all time, Phil Jackson recently spoke to the Eagles about teamwork and the unheralded contributions who helped the Chicago Bulls win six league Championship Jackson, one of the characters in the last dance documentary series about Jordan and the Bulls dropped in on an Eagles Zoom meeting late Thursday. Uh, it broke up the virtual monotony and gave the birds defensive branding, b- defensive end Brandon Graham something to post on Instagram. Uh, Jordan was the superstar. Scottie Pippen, another star for Jackson, the coach of those teams. But Bill Cartwright, Dennis Rodman, John Paxson, Steve Kerr, among other players over the years, played their roles almost perfectly that enabled the superstar to fly. Uh, Jackson, he ju- or this is what uh, Brandon Graham said. He just talked about how we persevered last year. Pretty much you've got to have those moments when you stay in games. When things go wrong, you've got to be able to keep the spirit up. He was just talking about some of the guys that kind of went unnoticed on the team that kind of kept things together. The Eagles were full of role players during the Super Bowl run. Uh, Nick Foles stepped up at quarterback in place of injured Carson Wentz. LeGarrette Blunt gave the Birds a run game. Tory Smith, a deep threat at wide receiver. Vitai replaced Jason Peters at left tackle. And Chris Long gave the defense another pass rusher. Uh, Nickelback Patrick Robinson, who wondered if he would make the team, contributed to the pick six in the NFC title game. Uh, Philly special uh, aside, uh, Graham made the critical play in Super Bowl uh, against the Patriots, stripping Tom Brady, enabling Derek Barnett to recover. That allowed the Eagles to kick a field goal and hold on for a 41-33 to victory. How you handle yourself as a teammate is very important, Graham said. You've got to hold hold up those moments where you stay in games and where things go wrong. You've got to keep up the spear. But what do you think about Phil Jackson? Viewing the Eagles as a team that he wanted to drop in on and give a little bit of encouragement and say the guys on a team that didn't get the the limelight, you guys came up big, especially last
0: year. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Int- I mean, I had no idea. I mean, it's pretty interesting. And it, it, if there is a, a guy that you want to come in and motivate a team, it definitely is Phil Jackson. He knows a thing or two about winning and winning big. I mean, he you know he, he won eleven championships uh, in, in, <laughs> in his in in his career with two different teams i mean he did have some of the some of the best players too you know he did he did have the kobe's and the shacks and the you know i mean so it's easy to i mean well we can say it's easy to win when you have those types of players but there are coaches that can't win even when they have the best players and um
1: there's coaches that would have sent robin packing in a 90 fucking 90
0: yeah. Five? Yeah, but he definitely he definitely knows how to handle players, how to deal with you know guys that have large egos, guys that just have uh, you know character issues. Um, but uh, you know he he's definitely the kind of guy that you want to speak to your team. He's the kind of guy that I would want to, I would want to talk to and ask for life advice. Um, he just he just seems like an interesting dude, right? I mean, oh my god, yes. I mean, watching him in the in the
1: documentary, I just I'm like well, I just want to sit down. And talk to, and we'll talk about the documentary. I don't want to give it away. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um but uh, I mean, he just seems like the kind of guy you'd want to sit down, have yeah. a an eyeless. Sc- you know, some some sort of white Or, yeah. or some type of high end scotch. And even just a really good scotch. It doesn't even have to be high end, just a really good scotch. <laughs> and uh and just talk. But I could just – I mean, I could just see what he would say. I mean, and, and was there – I mean, think about last year's team, right? I don't want to drag this podcast on, and I hate sentences that end in right. Um, right. But, uh, I mean, what you guys were able to do last year with the secondary – with the injuries that were on the, on the secondary, even in the Super Bowl year with the injuries. But last year especially, to get to the playoffs, I know the division was poor, but the injuries at wide receiver, injuries at defensive back, injuries on the offensive line, injuries on the defensive line – and to come together uh to be able to beat the cowboys at the end of the season and go to the playoffs uh when no one expected you guys i mean you were you you put the you 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 laid the team out for dead like in week 3 last year yeah well i mean
0: you could hear it in my tone throughout the you know the podcasts uh during the season uh yeah i was not very happy i, I definitely did throw the team under the bus multiple times you know per podcast um <laughs> But I mean, you know, you, as fans, you know, I mean, you you kind of go game to game. You, know, you don't you don't see the big picture and and you know, you, obviously you're not in the locker room talking to these guys. You don't know, you know, what's going on in their heads. But you know, after watching uh, All or Nothing on Amazon, if if I knew all that during the season, then I would have been more confident. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a second. So if you
1: knew what exactly? No,
0: I mean, just like they're, they're if you knew that they cared
1: about winning, you would be you would have felt more I mean, optimistic.
0: Yeah, I, because that was that was that was my gripe. I mean, it didn't seem like these guys were there. Like they, you know, they, they just weren't committed to to winning. I mean, it it really seemed like they were sort of given up. Uh, you know, in the early part of the season when they were you know I forget what the record was, but I it, it, I just I you know I was calling them you know all sorts of names because they just weren't playing to the level that you want your team to, to play at. I mean, I just wasn't happy with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just, I, it's hard. I mean, and that must be, I mean, to me,
1: that's one of the hardest things to, to really wrap your mind around as a spectator is, is determining whether or not how many people on the team really want to win and how much their influence carries across the the, the rest of the folks that are just there to earn a paycheck and that came across in the Jordan documentary as well, right? Like if you're if you're willing to go to war with me, then then I'll do everything I can for you. Uh, yeah. But that's but that's the bare minimum. I know we all, you know, I make more money than you, and this guy makes more money than this guy. But you know, we're here to win. Why else are we going to do this, right? I mean, why else are we going to put ourselves out there, get exhausted if we don't care what happens at the end? And I mean, that was it was it was difficult to watch the Eagles early on last year, especially when the receivers went down, and then the DBs getting hurt. Uh, I can't remember when your offensive lineman went down. I don't know if that was later in the season, but uh, I mean, I, I just thought it was interesting that Phil Jackson, of all people, mm-hmm. noticed uh, the adversity that the team had to face last year and and wanted to come on with them and acknowledge it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder if they paid him.
0: <laughs> you, uh, you never know. I mean, you, it's possible. You're like the
1: most. You're like <laughs> the most cynical. Fucking oh, Phil Jackson, just trying to make but He he works for the Knicks still. I mean, he's doing okay. I mean he coached the know, way he, he coached the Bulls for what for 12 years. Yeah, coached the Lakers know. for 6 years
0: or whatever well, it was. He coached the Lakers eight, for much longer. Six, 8, than six 10 years whatever years. it was. Whatever about it was. 90 what 2000? to you know 2000 and uh when it was 11 12. I don't remember the exact but it was, it was it was it was quite a few years.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was so he's he's I think he's alright. And he lives in Montana, which is like uh you need like two sticks and a bicycle and you can, you can, you can get your way through the year in terms of the income that you need. I don't Montana <laughs> yeah, is not sure, a particularly sure expensive he, state to live
0: in. No, nah, but I mean, I'm sure it's, uh, for somebody like him, it's like the perfect place to live, you know, like to, to just live that Zen sort of lifestyle where everything's peaceful and calm. I'm sure he has a huge, like, uh, and I've never seen his house before, but I'm sure he has oh, sure. A, a huge, like log cabin mansion <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> over sure. there. It's just honestly sure. like you know with like antlers and stuff on the walls and and I I, I yeah, I could totally buy a stream.
1: I, I would love to live that way. I mean I don't I yeah. actually don't know if I would love to live I that way. I wouldn't mind that. But I'd love to try it. If I had the money I'd love to
0: just you know get to it. live that way then I would. But well, then we, if we I could had get money then I would I would live a lot of different ways.
1: Well we could get a cabin somewhere. I wouldn't I be mean,
0: in the garage doing a podcast right now if I had a maybe I would actually but I would be in Montana Bet if I could afford a fucking
1: cabin, I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't be be hanging out with you on a Saturday (laughs) night. I'd be with the freaking deer and the snow and the trees.
0: No, that's what I'm I wouldn't be in a garage. I'd be like in, you know, in in, in in basically in a log cabin by, you know, a stream on a fire. And you'd be there too. But that's true.
1: We could we actually we could have, we could buy a cabin somewhere. It just wouldn't be in the I'm kind sure of we could. it would be it, it, in Aspen or uh, you know, in whatever the nice part of Montana is. But we could we could definitely afford could buy, a cabin. There's a lot
0: of there's a lot of cheap land that you can yeah. buy in the US for sure. I mean, it's, you know, you you could buy acres and acres of land for maybe $10,000. But it has to be near mountains
1: and streams. It can't be like in the yeah, Nebraska get, on the, on don't the flats. Too,
0: don't get too greedy now. <laughs> yeah, but I
1: can't. I can't be on the flats. I don't want to be like, you know, yeah. like in like Chicago where it's like you could see for the to the horizon in every direction. I need. I need mountains like in and like topography.
0: Yeah, well, we can find something.
1: <laughs> all right, you ready to move on to the Seattle Seahawks? I think,
0: I think everyone's ready for us to move on. Yes, all man. right. So
1: the Seattle Seahawks this week were reportedly interested in, with Rashad Penny's injury, Rashored, reportedly interested in bringing Devonta Freeman in, but they didn't. Is it Devonta? Devonta? I think it's it There's it no is There's no E at the end of his name. Is I it Devontae? Devontae. Is, I think you just spelled it wrong. Did I? I don't think I spelled it. I could have spelled it wrong. So? Uh, so? <laughs> but they were reportedly interested in Devontae Freeman, but instead they have made an offer and they are reportedly Coming to terms for the one-year deal with Carlos Hyde, the Seahawks' pursuit of a veteran running back to add depth at that position that last year was decimated by injuries ended this past Friday as the team agreed to a one-year deal with free agent Carlos Hyde, who gained 1,070 yards during a resurgent 2019 season with the Houston Texans. The news of Hyde signing was first reported by the NFL Network and it came after a source told the Seattle Times that the team was zeroing in on Hyde after contact, contract talks with long, long-time Atlanta Falcons standout Devonta Freeman, Devonte Freeman, but there's no E at the end.
0: The NFL Network reported, I'm going to look it up right now.
1: All right. look. You look it up. You look it up. You're going to take a shot if you're wrong? Yes. Okay. Good enough. That's all I need to know. Uh, the NFL Network reported that the six-foot, 229-pound Hyde will get yeah, a there's deal. There's an A at the end. Yeah, there's no E. I told you there's no E. Yeah, I know, but it's Devontae.
0: I, I thought you said. I thought you meant there's like nothing at the end. I thought it was Devontae. No, well, no. I said, is there an E at the end? Yeah, but I mean, that's how people say Devontae. Well, yeah, but I think, I still think under
1: the terms of our agreement that you must have to take a shot and on this, on this one. Because <laughs> you said I spelled it wrong. You're looking at the agenda.
0: Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the NFL never reported that the six foot, see, we're disagreeing. The six foot, the six foot, 229 pound hide will get a deal similar to what Seattle had paid or have been offering Freeman a one-year contract worth up to $4 million, though likely including some significant uh, playing time incentives. Uh, Seattle made an offer of $4 million to Freeman that was first reported on Wednesday as it became clear that the Seahawks were getting serious about adding a veteran running back before the end of the team's offseason. But Freeman, who in 2017 signed a contract with Atlanta that guaranteed him more than $22 million before him being released earlier this year, wanted more. Uh, what say you about... Them picking up Carlos Hyde, I think this is a great move. Oh, I think uh, it's awesome for them. I've never been a huge Freeman fan, and I think that they got they got a real steal here with Carlos Hyde at you know whatever that was three four million dollars a year. I mean, I think this is mm-hmm. a huge huge upgrade for them with the injuries mm-hmm. that they've had over the past few years.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think that's. I mean, that's really why they made this move because of you know at the end of the season last year, all of the running backs got injured. I mean, you know, they're they're all of the running back, every single running back pretty much got injured last Three year in a row. Yeah. And it was like week after week, after week of running back go and, down. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, you don't know how uh, those guys are rehabbing, you know, what condition they're going to be in when they get back. And so, you know, it's, it's always good to have, um, you know, somebody there just in case. I mean, Carlos Hyde has also has had his injury issues yeah. Yeah. in the league, but um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he, he, he's further removed from any injuries that he's had. And, uh, you know, he, he's he's ready to be the starter if he needs to be Yeah, I mean, on la- the first, uh, first game of the season. Last
1: year, Freeman, 14 games, 656 yards. Injuries, you know, kept him out of 14 games in, in 2018. But in 2017, 14 games, 865 yards with seven TDs. Guy's got 32 TDs over six years. I don't think uh, Freeman's asking price was was fair, and I've never been a huge fan of his personality. So uh, now that like yeah. Car- like Carlos Hyde is some you know, perfect well, human think, being. Yeah, well, I think Carlos Hyde is a little but, more but, humble. Than, but I like than, Carlos Hyde. I've, I've, I yeah. mean, I've never... I've never I had, think it's a
0: good move for the Seahawks. I mean, he's, he's not a spectacular running back, um, but he, he's just somebody that can, you know, carry the ball while these other guys sort of heal up. And uh, you just never know. Maybe, maybe he'll have a breakout season and, you know, be great for the Seahawks. But, um, you know, he's sort of a guy that's just going to fill in in the meantime while those other guys get back to 100%.
1: Yeah, I mean, he played for Cleveland and Jacksonville in 2018. Uh, racked up 571 yards, 1,070 last year. Uh, 2017, 938. 16, 988. Uh, guy's got 32, same number of TDs, 32 TDs over his career. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if I if you could give me a choice between Carlos Hyde and... Devontae. 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 For even... Uh I'll take i I'll take uh Carlos Hyde.
0: Yeah, I might I might say Carlos Hyde right now, only because Devontae Freeman hasn't really proven anything since the injuries. Um and, and he's been sort of injury prone for the last couple of seasons he's, uh and, and he just never could get he could never shake the injuries. Yeah really whereas Carlos Hyde could. And uh, yeah, definitely I think the the Seahawks made a good move.
1: All right, that's it for the tag. Team news for this week, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, man, we have your feel good story. We have the feel good story. We have another feel good story. Friday's favorite segment of the show is our feel good. I love the music. I love story the intro. Of the week. And this week, we have uh, another unheralded star of the NFL doing everything they can to help out with the COVID 19 relief efforts. And the music is what A really cares about. Mm. This week, we want to talk about J.C. Jackson. With NFL team facilities closed down and all meetings taking place online, New England Patriots cornerback C.J. Jackson, and it's hard for me to call out a Patriots player, is using his extra time to give back. Jackson, a graduate of, uh, these Florida names are very difficult to pronounce. Uh, Jackson, a graduate of Immokalee, I-M-M-O-K-A-L-E-E. Uh, High school, was back home Wednesday to donate meals and face masks to medical workers at NCH North Naples Hospital. The third-year NFL player said he wanted to show his appreciation for the medical workers battling the coronavirus in Collier County, where he was born and raised. The job they are doing, putting their lives at risk, I feel their hard work shouldn't go unnoticed, Jackson said. It feels good to come back and show my appreciation and support for my community, my county. Jackson handed out 100 meals from Fresh Fit Foods, a prepared meal delivery service in Bonita Springs, while also giving autographs and posting Casa Bonita. <laughs> it sounds like something, something like a Trump resort. Bonita Springs. Uh, for pictures, several NCH workers wore Patriot shirts or face masks and had Jackson sign their New England ugh, New England memorabilia he also handed out a portion of the lunches in the birthplace NCH's maternity ward where Jackson was born in 1995 man 1995 man good I know, right good for you buddy <laughs> I was fucking 25. Anthony Silva, an orthopedic surgeon technician, had a Patriots mask and shirt from Dorchester, Massachusetts. Silva had been a fan of Jackson since the Patriots signed him as an undrafted free agent in 2018. I think it's commendable, he said, to be here giving back in lieu of the pandemic. Silva said In Jackson's, of Jackson's donations, everyone out here on the front line taking care of people. It's nice to have someone of his stature give back. Fronti, what say you? About a New England Patriot giving back to the community.
0: That's 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 very good, Ben. Very good. Now, but then we talked about Imokale. Um, I can't even
1: say this. Imokali.
0: Imokali was wasn't it Robert Kraft? Uh, also, not too long ago, delivering. Yeah, and um, the federal
1: government hijacked the plane and took it. They took all the. Oh, did they really? They did. They actually. What's the word? Uh, confiscated. They confiscated um, all the stuff that he brought back and took it into the the federal stockpile.
0: Yeah, so I mean, not the first, not the first New England Patriot to, uh, and I'm, I'm sure not the only one, um, that has has done anything uh, so far during you know the COVID nineteen uh, crisis. I'm sure there's a lot of players out there, but definitely, um, you know, this, this is one of them that's getting recognition on your feel good story, Ben. And I'm sure there's there's a lot of them. I'm sure. Oh, for and, sure. But good for him. Good for him. But we're, I'm
1: also trying to find some of the the less le- lesser known. Yeah. guys that, that are out there doing things that, that,
0: that don't have the huge contracts, yeah. the huge salaries that some of these other guys have. I'm, I'm, I'm had... sure J.C. Jackson doesn't make a ton of money.
1: No, 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 no. And we had, uh, what's his name? The, uh, Daniel, Chase Daniel last week. So we're just trying to well, find... I'm
0: sure Chase Daniel has made some decent money. He has. Well, that's but true. still, though. But good but for not, him. not Tom Brady type of money. Well, Tom Brady hasn't made as much as Roethlisberger probably in his career. Uh,
1: well, yeah, but Belichick. <laughs> Belichick. Belichick will raise your salary significantly, yeah. I think. All right, that's our fuel. for sponsorships for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. TB twelve.
0: <laughs> love that TB twelve program.
1: Well, I just think it's the dumbest thing it's, ever. It's just like the keto the diet or the Brady. paleo diet, or the. I mean, it's just a bunch of bullshit. It's like some yoga, yeah, but now he's stretching now he can your market muscles
0: it as the Tampa Bay. 12 uh-huh. oh i guess like he tom could Brady. yeah but yeah. it is a
1: pile of bullshit i mean just stretch your muscles okay yeah thanks tom thanks no one ever you know no one ever thought before that you should stretch your muscles and also work out your muscles you're you're a genius tom and here's some supplements <laughs> to go along with it too but people will buy any kind of garbage i mean that's why i'm surprised gronk hasn't done something like that
0: you look hey, yeah like a muscle milk type of thing I did see him on TV the other day, and, and and he looks like he's getting back into game shape. Yeah, I mean, you you could definitely tell he's been working out.
1: Yeah, he said he was five protein shakes away from playing.
0: Yeah, or something like that this week. He said
1: he was like five five protein it, shakes away from playing.
0: It looks like it. I mean, it looks like it. he definitely. I mean, you know, a few months back he was just a skinny dude, and now you know you can definitely see he's 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 been working out. All right.
1: Well, we'll see. Right. I mean, I'm rooting for Tampa. I mean, I'm not going to root for New England. I'm sure Bill Belichick is at that same parquet table that he was at. During the draft, he probably hasn't left that room uh, since Tom Brady left the team because he's determined and hell bent to make sure that his team outperforms the, the Buccaneers this year. Uh, but we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. All right, Franny,
0: what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have the Jordan documentary. Oh, the Bulls, Bulls documentary, documentary, but mostly the Jordan documentary, The Last Dance.
1: Yes. But we, I mean, we learned a lot about a lot of other personalities on the team and surrounding the team. Uh, but it obviously was about Michael because if it wasn't, I mean, there's one thing that's true. If it wasn't about Michael, Michael probably would not have been a participant in the show. <laughs> uh, because his, <laughs> his ego is as hard a worker as he is. His ego is not insignificant. You think so? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think his ego is it's not it's not not that small.
0: Uh, all right, folks, so When, hold, when you start calling yourself <laughs> Black Jesus, then yeah, your, your, your <laughs> ego is is not that small.
1: <laughs> but I don't know how much of that was him, uh, really showing an ego or wanting to 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 intimidate other people. I, I, a little bit of both. I'm sure it's a little bit of yeah. both. All right, folks, hold tight. And we'll be right back. We'll wrap up episodes nine and ten. Of the last dance.
0: All right, and we are back, and we're going to talk a little bit about the last dance, Ben.
1: Ah, uh, can you believe it's over?
0: It is, yeah, episode 9 and 10. And Ben, you actually just just watched...
1: 9 and 10 episode today. Episode 10.
0: Today. Today. And uh, I actually watched it. Uh, I couldn't wait to watch it last Sunday when it aired. Um, but for anybody out there who has not watched The Last Dance, you are crazy and you definitely need to watch The Last Dance <laughs> because it is awesome. I mean, for anybody that lived through it, definitely watch it. And for all of the younger generation that did not witness Jordan's greatness you need to watch this as well and for the international listeners if you can somehow watch the last dance watch the last dance
1: yeah I just I mean so many memories I mean for yeah
0: I mean and and it sort of started I mean they talked a lot about Reggie Miller which I really enjoyed because Reggie Miller was also one of my favorite players from the 90s and and (laughs) oh come on I was a Knicks fan and a Bulls fan yeah, that's right. That's right. You're a Knicks fan. That's yeah. I mean, hey, I, mean you know, I, I enjoyed watching all those teams. I just, I just, you know, the, the different characters, different players. I mean, they actually there was there was actual animosity between players. They didn't like each other, and that's what I loved about the '90s. And, and you don't get that much of that now. Uh, in the early 2000s, you sort of still did, but now a lot of the players are so friendly with one another. Um, but back then, these guys really—I mean—they respected each other. But they oh, did not God, like yeah. each other, and just getting you know, just getting a little bit of insight from Reggie Miller uh, was was great. You know, only because I was such a I was I was also a big fan of his.
1: I mean, because they pushed him to Game Seven, and I mean, but to, to see Reggie, I mean, I can't remember what the play was where he said that the the, the ended the game. Uh, there was a play, there was a play near the, like in the fourth quarter with a, with a few minutes to go, the end of the game, and Reggie, they really thought they were going to get him. Uh, in that 90, in that 1997, uh, playoff series, I think it was, was it, the was it 97? Yeah, I think it was 97 where they, where they pushed him to, to seven games. And, you know, Miller was always, you know, a pain in the ass. No one in New York liked him. No one in Chicago liked him. Uh, but he was obviously a great player, had, had almost as much confidence as, as Michael Jordan had and was willing to do things that a lot of players wouldn't have done to Michael. I think they played this, the, the, the shove, the famous shove under the basket uh, mm-hmm. against Jordan. It almost ended up in a fist fight out there that would have probably had ejections today. And, had, <laughs> yeah, but it really, a lot of that. but what did you think about, what did you think about, uh, about Reggie Miller's insight?
0: Oh, I mean, well, his, his insight as to or his, uh, thoughts, uh, his thoughts, his thoughts, um, I, mean, I, I mean, what I enjoyed was just uh, you know seeing the sort. Of, I don't know, like the 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 realness, you know. I mean, like, but actually, all of the all of the interviews that they had on it. I mean, on yeah. there with all these great players, um, you know, because you don't you don't get to see this. During their playing career, now right. you're seeing this different perspective from all of these players and 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 it, it just it's 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 refreshing to really see how these guys thought about what was going on at that time because there was no social media, there was no Facebook, no, no Instagram, no anything where these guys could express their opinions. Thank now God you're hearing their opinions come out no but th- just imagine if they had it back then what these guys would be saying to each other um on over social media but, but you I' won't wonder- hear any of it then. I wonder if you get the truth.
1: Like now you're getting the true, well, allegedly, you're getting the true unvarnished impression of what they're thinking Uh, because they Mm -hmm. never said it. They never blasted something ridiculous out on social media 10, 20 years ago that they now have to be consistent with. So a lot of social media is like in the moment, like it's in the moment. It's a reaction. And then Mm -hmm. you can't walk it back. You have to be consistent or you're going to apologize or capitulate or whatever. Uh, So I think not having social media made the interviews better because they don't, there's not some storyline that was out there at the time that's so obvious Mm -hmm. that they now have to be consistent with. I mean, Reggie Miller could be honest with, you know, the black Jesus comment. That that you mentioned <laughs> earlier before the show, that that Jordan made to him like, like walking off the court. What do you say? Like no, don't never never doubt Black Jesus or don't go up Yeah, and-
0: yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. When Reggie was young, I mean he didn't understand, and a lot of the players seemed, you know they didn't understand that every little thing motivated Michael, and you didn't want to give him any sort of motivation or or any reason to be motivated, um, any more than he already was. And, uh, you know, I I, I think, uh, you know, Reggie Miller and him had a lot in common, like you said, um, w- with just being the competitors that they were. It's just that Reggie Miller just didn't have the same talent that Jordan had. I mean, he was really good. He was a great shooter. Um, you know, he could also handle the ball. He was, you know, fairly tall um, for his position as well. Um, but, you know, he, he just wasn't at that same level. But a lot of these guys also in the interviews would mention that they thought they had the Bulls beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They thought they they had them beat. Yeah,
0: they... they (laughs) And just like he said it, uh, I I can't remember who else. I mean, there's a few other players that said they thought they had it, you know, but they just... It just didn't happen. I think it was John Stockton uh, may have said that as well. Because they were about to go Um, up five, I think. Yeah, Carl Malone didn't want to be interviewed. Um, Shocker. But yeah. yeah. Because
1: he (laughs) he completely fucking played like a... I mean, remember when he was with the Lakers in 2004? Oh, well, he was already five. Older. He was, yeah,
0: but, yeah, but he, he played like shit. at that point. Yeah, but he was already older. I think he might have been injured too, but he was already older at that point. You can't really blame the guy, um, you know, in 2004. But uh, no, it, it, it's funny how a lot of these guys look back like, ah, I thought we had him beat. Yeah, but you no, see, the class, the class guys to want be to be interviewed, right?
1: I mean, all the guys that all the class guys want to be interviewed because this is your profession, this was your job, this was your Love, and I, mean, I think most of the guys with a lot of class want to be interviewed on these things. It was disappointing that that Malone didn't want to be interviewed because I would have I would have been interested to hear his take on it because much of his career, the things that he did backing guys down and the way he threw his elbows around would probably not be permitted right now. So, you know, I'd be interested to hear his take on it. I mean, Hornacek wasn't interviewed or didn't, didn't provide an interview either. Jerry Sloan didn't provide an interview other than the the top, the yeah. contemporaneous uh, press conferences that they showed it, yeah, with him.
0: The, uh, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that, you know, Hornacek was definitely a role player. Uh, he he was a lot of that jazz team, but I, I don't know if they really reached out to him. I think the main two guys obviously were Stockton. Carmelone and John Stockton, and Hornacek was, you know, he was there, yeah, and J- he definitely did contribute, but.
1: And what did J? I I mean, it was, I mean, J.A. You know, Russell that,
0: is somebody, I would like to hear from Russell. And, oh, and, but that was one of my favorite you know, scenes.
1: He's like, I saw, I saw him. He plays up on his toes. I knew what I had to do, and had yeah. and he just, and he just, he, you know, faked him, and he just fell backwards on his back foot, and that was it. Twice, yeah. <laughs> twice in two different games.
0: Yeah, yeah, in two different years.
1: Yeah, no, was uh, that the same year? Or was that the year? The, the year there was, before? I think it was two I mean, different I, years. I
0: yeah, so <laughs> it,
1: yeah, but it was just interesting to, to watch and, and and to see how mad. Jordan got when they talked about the push off, yeah. Because you yeah. could see it wasn't a push off, right? I mean, because the guy hadn't changed. His, he didn't the, really. He was he was yeah. falling away. It was, I mean, it was it was. And even if he had pushed off, who cares? But but he didn't push off. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that Pacers that game seven. I mean, anytime there's a game seven, I mean, there's nothing more exciting. I think in sports than a than a game seven, especially in the NBA, where because literally anything can happen. I mean, anything mm-hmm. can happen. Um, and and and. You know the Pacers had him right up until the end, and then yeah, no more.
0: Mm-hmm. They uh, thought they had him,
1: <laughs> and then they played the Jazz. I forgot. I mean, I had forgotten how good the Jazz were with Hornet. Well, I know you don't like Hornet. Hornacek, Stockton. What it, what's his name? Oster Tag. Oster Tag. I mean, God, what a what a buffoon he was. And, <laughs> and the rest. Of, and it, but they had a really solid and Russell. They had a really solid, uh, really solid team. And then and they had the 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 alleged pizza flu. Uh, I think you read in an article about, about that, yeah, about how it, that there was no intention on the the pizza parlor, them. yeah, to poison them.
0: Yeah, the, I mean, the, supposedly, I mean, it's obviously a story coming out on 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 Yahoo that I read with uh, the guy that actually made the pizza was actually a Chicago Bulls fan and was excited to make a pizza um, for somebody within the hotel that. The Chicago Bulls were staying at. He knew that they were staying at that hotel. I mean, obviously, he didn't know it was a it was a Chicago Bull because I'm sure there was other people staying at the hotel. But he tried to make an extra special pizza for whoever was going to be eating it, and um, didn't have any sort of malicious intent to poison anybody. Uh, even though that's how it sort of you know played out in the documentary, and and he also mentioned that there wasn't five guys that delivered the pizza. It was just you know two guys, himself and the manager, that went up to the room. And deliver the pizza, so you know I, I'm not sure what to believe. I, it could have been just been, uh, you know, stomach flu. Maybe it was just coincidental that he ate the pizza and and maybe contracted the the stomach flu. Else, yeah. So
1: yeah, but I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, I, I, the amount. Of, it it, it seems like he didn't get a lot of sleep.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. during,
1: during much of this run, I mean, he's always talking about two 30 in the morning, one o'clock in the morning, 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I mean, there are games the next day, right? I mean, you still got to get, yeah. it, you still got to get there. You got to get to shoot around. Uh, but, but it doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of cigar smoking and late mm-hmm. night card playing and pizza eating. And, and I mean, it, <laughs> and I mean, by today's, I mean, I think in today's world, I don't think you'd, you'd have as much, I don't think you have as much hanging out until two o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, uh, the night before a game. As you do, as you did back then. Uh, but that was just, I mean, that was, that was a really, really uh, interesting game with, with the flu game. Cause that's something I grew up with and the, 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 the aura of it, the, the mysticism of it has grown up over the years. But, but that, that, that scene with, with Jordan, with Pippen holding Jordan up as he walks off, uh, but playing bad in the first quarter and then, and then just turning it on for the rest of the game. And just building that legend, you know, more and more and more. But Pippen had to pick him up in that game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, Pippen, Pippen lifted him in that game, but also wasn't able to play in that last game. Yep, where where, where uh, Jordan basically had a kid. I mean, he had forty five points in that game. Um, you know, he scored the layup uh, to put them within one point, and then on the defensive side of the ball, he steals the ball from Carl Malone and then goes down the court and essentially wins the game his last shot as a Chicago bull. Um, but I mean, you know, you, you look at, you know, obviously we talk a lot about how great Michael Jordan is and he was as a player. I mean, you know, to me, he's the greatest player ever, uh, in, in talking about NBA. Um, but he, he had a good, I mean, he had a good supporting cast. I mean, the the guys that he had around him, he oh, had, for he had sure. a, a pretty decent team. As far as centers concerned, you never no. had a good center. Longley. Uh, uh, Wennington, but as far as you know, having guys that you know on the outside that can shoot the ball, oh he, had, yeah. he did have Paxton, he did have Curry, he did have Kukuch. Um, you know, I'm down low. He did have Horace Grant for those you know few years. I mean, you know, he wasn't a you know center; he was more of a power forward, but he was a big body down low. Um, so you know, he he was a great player, but you know, and we got a lot of his perspective. We saw a lot of Michael Jordan, but I I just don't feel like we got a lot from the other players. And you know, there have been articles coming out. You know, after the, this documentary uh, about some of these guys, not being too happy about the way they were portray- portrayed or or not portrayed at all in the docu series.
1: Well, I mean, they're picking the most poignant moments, right? I mean, I, I mean, yeah. and it's really about, I mean, let's be frank. I mean, when I mean, granted, they they tanked a little bit in the first half of that game when Pippen was out in '98 against the Jazz, but you know, Jordan was the most important piece on that team of and 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 while it would be nice to talk about all the backstories about everyone we got robman we got Coach, we got kerr we got uh interviews with paxton interviews with wennington and we we got i mean i think we got a pretty good sampling of, of, yeah, of interviews mean, just, with, just... With, with a lot of the guys oh.
0: Yeah, but also the way they, they also portrayed Pippen, they showed him as not being a weak link on the team. Obviously, you know, he 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 was the second guy right behind Michael. Um, but just, you know, the fact that they harped a little too long on the fact that he didn't want to stay in, uh, you know, on the, for that last shot that was drawn up for a coach. And yeah. then also they spent a lot of time on him not being able to play uh, in that last game and going back and forth in the locker room even though, I mean, he did what he could, you yeah. know, and, 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 and so, I mean, you know, they should, they should have focused a little bit more on his positives and what he brought to the team oh, for sure. and not uh, on the negative moments. And, and, you know, I, I think he deserves a ton of credit and a ton of respect for what the Bulls did. Yeah, I mean, didn't he used to go 90s. to the
1: finals with him? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I think, I think, I think the nuance, I mean, I think maybe, maybe it didn't come across, but I mean, if you, if you, at the end of that episode where Jordan said, uh, you know when pippin went down that scared the shit out of me like i mean oh, yeah. I, I think they did go out of their way to maybe they maybe they played up the drama of, of pippin going back and forth to the locker room but i mean they did give they did give that quote from jordan that he was scared shitless when when he thought pippin wasn't going to come back mm. so you know you could you can focus on what you choose to focus on i guess if you're if you're a pippin fan but i think jordan always acknowledged at least throughout the course of the 10 episodes how how important pippin was mm. Uh but, but getting the backstory, especially the important stuff, I didn't know about I didn't know about Steve Kerr's father. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, did, did I. I did yeah. not know that story. Uh, I didn't know that it probably bonded him and Michael along with Kerr getting in his face. Uh, mm-hmm. whether they knew it or not, it probably bonded them a little bit more. I mean, I was the guy back in the nineties that was like, he's the he's the he's the best three-point shooter in the history of the game by percentage. <laughs> there's nobody and he was at the time in ninety seven, ninety eight, he Steve was Kerr? Steve Kerr yeah. was the all-time percentage leader. In three I mean, point was, shots, forty five percent. Yeah, forty five percent. And like people kind of like of... And, you know, and, and people are like, "Well, are you going to get him off the team." I mean, come on, just stop talking. I'm like, he's the fucking best three point shooter in the. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's some schmuck out there. Like he's he's not like you know some some role player. He is the best three point shooter in the league right now. Um, yeah, and I remember having that argument like in 1996 or something or seven or something like that, uh, because people were, were talking shit about the role players that were on that team, like trying to like elevate Jordan. As if he were the was the only guy on that team, and they had. I mean, Rodman. I mean, I always like I always like Dennis Rodman, but yeah. I, I didn't know about I didn't know about Steve Kerr's dad. I mean, getting killed in mm-hmm. Beirut. I mean, you could you mm-hmm. could definitely see where Steve Kerr gets his intellectual curiosity and the way that he approaches the world and the things that he says and the interviews that he gives and you know how he goes about his his life from from mm-hmm. from his parents and that that's just a devastating story to hear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I did. I had no idea that, 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 you know, that, that actually happened to him, you know, that, that he lost his dad in that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of emotional stuff. I mean, it, the, the, i love to live in the moment stuff. I mean, cause that's something that God, I know I struggle with that, um, to, to be able to live in, in the moment that we're in sitting here at the table today, mm-hmm. as opposed to what's happening tomorrow, what happened yesterday and what might happen a week from now. Um, but I can't remember who it was that gave the quote about Jordan, you know, his biggest gift was that he didn't care about what was going to happen in the future or what had happened in the past. I mean, that's not, I mean, people think that's easy to do. Uh, but even Phil Jackson said people spend, you know, millions of dollars and, you know, therapy and what, just to try to live in the moment. And Jordan had it like from day one.
0: Mm -hmm. And And as an athlete, I mean, that's, that's probably one of the greatest talents that you can have is live in that moment, that second and not dwell on the past and don't worry about the future and don't worry about what the hell people are going to say about you. And, you know, that's, I mean, to be a successful athlete, to be one of the best, you have to have a a very, very, very short memory. Yeah.
1: I mean, and the stuff about Gus, I mean, the security, his, his body, man.
0: I mean, I think that was,
1: I mean, for much of when I was, when I was, you know, in high school and after high school, um watching the bulls i mean he was kind of a robot i mean i mean jordan was sort of portrayed as kind of a robot like he didn't talk about politics he didn't talk about drugs he didn't talk about economic. i mean he just um so he was sort of seen as someone who didn't involve himself personally didn't have a lot of friends but to see him be the person that noticed that the guy had an issue and talk to the talk to his wife to get him to the doctor and then to see how 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 involved michael was in that that was, I mean, it almost it t- made me tear up a little bit when they got when he came back and he was all sort of gaunt and and but was still like right there with Michael. I mean, that was, I don't know, that was mm-hmm. that was cool to see like Michael as a as a much more as a human being I think that we've ever seen him before.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, well, you kind of took on the father role, you know, since he lost his father, and then, you know, he he had so much trust and respect for for this guy who was, you know, um. I, you know if, if that didn't happen to jordan if he didn't lose his father in that way i mean he just might have been some security guy and you know didn't have that same sort of relationship but he did treat him like family and uh, you know i mean I'm, I'm sure you know michael and and um, you know that guy's wife and she was also in the documentary i'm sure they're you know close to this day you know i'm sure he still treats her like family and so it's pretty interesting just watching him and his interactions with those people that you don't really pay too much attention to they're sort of behind the scenes, even that guy with the weird hair. Oh,
1: my God. (laughs) It wasn't weird. It wasn't weird in the 90s, in the early 90s, just so you know. Just so you know, it wasn't that weird. (laughs) But, yeah, the guy, and it's always like they got the big baggy-ass suits on all the time, um, but with the big collars, like the double breasts with the big collars. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, he had that weird security guard crew in his his buddy. Yeah. And they just, they didn't look like a security guard crew that I would be afraid of, like, if I were... (laughs) Like if I if I hit the gym for about three months, I don't I wouldn't be afraid of any of those guys. Yeah. Um. No. But but somehow I mean, but they were able to keep him safe. But he's always like sitting in that back room, uh. You know, talking to those guys a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I just I I thought it was a great. I mean, the '98 Finals against the Jazz, uh, just.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the Jazz really thought they had a chance that year because they were even a better I mean, team. Had, Allegedly they had, had a better, better team. record they had the better record that year. They actually would have played a game seven if they lost that, you know, if the bulls lost game six, they would play game seven in, uh, in Utah. Um, so, I mean that, you know, who knows what would happen if, just imagine if the bulls did lose that game. If Kobe, I mean, if Kobe, if, if Jordan did not hit that shot, then, you know, who knows what would have happened in game seven. Maybe Jordan's last game would have been, you know, walking off the court as a loser. You but know, I, lo- I just, I love this.
1: But, I love that. I mean, I, I know that was like the end of the, the episode, but to watch, to watch Robin just walking up the court. Like he was literally just walking up <laughs> and in his interview. He was like, there's no fucking way. I'm, uh, even, I'm not even involved uh, in this fucking play. I'm like, I don't, it doesn't matter if I'm even here. Uh, you know, I'm not taking a shot. I'm not getting the ball. So I could just walk up here and, let, play. and let's see what he does. Uh, and he just broke Russell's ankles again. Uh, oh, helicopter flying over here in beautiful Southern California. Um, just broke Russell's ankles and, and sunk that shot.
2: Mm-hmm, and,
1: mm-hmm. You know, Rodman leaving the fucking game,
0: like, or leaving the not showing up for practice <laughs> before yeah.
1: Game Four.
0: But I mean, they kind of expected. I mean, it's like they just like that's Rodman, that's who he is, and you know, he's he's not going to be a hundred percent committed, you know, during practice time. But during the game, he'll give you hundred and twenty percent. You know, he had like twenty rebounds or whatever it was in that game where he was absent for so long, and he comes in, he gets like twenty rebounds. You know, um, but one of my one of my favorite parts in the whole documentary was you know, uh, after beating uh, Indiana. <laughs> oh, Bird? Larry, Larry Bird, Larry Bird, who's the coach at the time, who's one of the greats. I mean, probably, you know, top five players ever of yeah. all time. For sure. You know, it was so much respect around the league, around the world. And Michael Jordan just like greets him as, you know, in, in the, in the tunnel, he just says, you know, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now you can I work mean, on your you golf say, game. I mean, you say that, to i mean you ha- you have to be the greatest in order to say that to one of the greatest of all time i mean you, you know you, 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 and and larry bird has to have that much respect for it just laugh it off as it's nothing and and that, that was just a great interaction between those two guys because that's just not something you say to larry that's not something you say to Jordan. that's not something you say to the greats of the game but you know they, i mean they you know they had that, oh, that sort was of awesome. respect you know with each other where larry bird just laughed it off because he, he knew that that's who michael just yeah. is and who he was. And
1: the irony <laughs> is, the irony is that we wouldn't even have that footage if if Reinsdorf and Kra Cro- and Kraus weren't such buffoons. If if they hadn't announced before the season that this was going to be the last season, mm-hmm, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have been following everybody around. They would they wouldn't have given them the access that they had. There wouldn't have been that kind of media following everybody around all the time doing a documentary at the time because there wouldn't have been any reason to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That footage doesn't exist. Of any other team at any other time because no yep. one was following them around. But because Krauss completely fucking shit the bed and Reinsdorf allowed it, we have that footage, um, which is interesting because we could have got another championship, but then we wouldn't have had any of this footage.
0: Yeah. And I mean, and then that's also another thing, Ben. I mean, just imagine if they did keep the team together. And I'm sure a lot of these guys, a lot of those guys would have come back. You know, they would have said, Yeah, Jordan, Jordan said obviously. so at the end. Yeah. And, 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 you know, he, he's, I think it still bothers and it still bothers him to this day. The fact yeah. that they could have seven championships right. you know, and, 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 and they may have had seven championships. I mean, you know, the Spurs, I believe were the champions in 99 and that was a lockout season. Um, but I, you know, that, that was a pretty good Spurs team coming out of the West, but that would have been fun to watch. You know, the bulls go at it one more time, you know, with, I think Tim Duncan and David Robinson were both on that team. Um, but that would have been fun.
1: Yeah, but they had Jordan, and they had Phil Jackson, and they had Scottie Pippen. And I think I I mean I think it all sort of worked together. I think Krause probably gets too much credit. I think Jackson probably deserves more credit than Krause in terms of keeping that team together. I think there are a lot of GMs. I mean, maybe Krause deserves credit for not cutting Robin loose because a lot of people would have. A lot of coaches probably would have wanted to cut him loose uh, mm-hmm. just to not have to deal with the antics. But I mean, but but keeping those core guys together, Kukoc, Kerr, Jordan, and Pippen, I think was was the key to those. And Jackson, obviously, was the key to those championships. So, I mean, I don't think Krause and Reinsdorf. Were, well, I mean, they're obviously not geniuses, otherwise the fucking team would have won a championship after that. <laughs> Man, and they've been garbage. Uh, I mean, yeah, except that, for that hein- was- Heinrich or whatever the hell his name was, they had a little bit of a spurt there in yeah. in in the early two thousands with whatever what his name was. Um, oh, well, that
0: Derek Rose, uh, yeah, you know, for a minute, who, you know, unfortunately, got injured, and and he would have been probably, a, you know, a good player, great, maybe a great player, but not on, you know, Jordan's level. No, more of course. like Iverson. Um, yeah, well, not even Iverson. Iverson is also, you know, pretty damn good. Probably the best bang, not bang for your buck, but for the size. Pound for pound. he
1: says <laughs> pound, pound, pound for pound
0: shooter yeah, in his pound, team. Yeah, pound for pound, maybe the best player. Um, You're not a boxer, dude. But. <laughs> But one of the last messages, you know, before you know everything faded to black, was about you know rebuilding, <laughs> and and you know the team is basically since that time, since the Jordan era, which was back in ninety eight, it's over twenty years ago. The team is still rebuilding to this day. After all, yeah, of those, after they, all that success, yeah, they made a couple of playoff runs, I think, in the two thousands
1: and. And I think a lot of teams learn from that. I mean, I think the Lakers didn't want to do, I mean, I think, I think, but for the personality dispute or whatever caused Shaq and Kobe to break up, I don't think the team wanted to break that team up. I don't think the team wanted Shaq and Kobe. I I mean, mean, right. Uh, But that would have been, I mean, but Reinsdorf wanted the team to move on. I mean, he wanted, uh, I mean, they could say till the cows come home that they couldn't have signed all these guys. Uh, for one more year, but but that that isn't the standard necessarily, right? That you have to sign all these guys for one more year. The, sta- mm-hmm. the the standard is try and see what you can do for the following year, rather than saying you're going to cripple the team and rebuild the team at the year's end. Why not just end the end the season and see what you can do going into the next season? Yeah, uh, it, it seems silly to throw your hands up and say, "Well, we can't sign all these guys." Mm-hmm. You know, there's just no way, um, because. You, you see what's happened since then, right? With the with the with the Heat, and even with the Lakers in that what was that two thousand five team? Uh, the Jordan has a, had a great point at the end. I mean, if everybody signed a one year contract, I mean Jordan was on multiple one year contracts during that time. Yeah. That's that's how ridiculous Kraus was um he signed jordan to one year contracts
0: yeah but i mean uh, i think jordan probably just wanted to sign those one year deals i mean he, he was making a ton of money off of sponsorship. so he, didn't, he i mean money to him wasn't really a big deal yeah that's true um so i mean you know signing a one year deal for him i mean he, he, if obviously if he wanted to switch teams he could have switched teams uh, you know i mean that's always an option for him because he could do whatever the fuck he wants cuz he's the greatest player um but you know for him i mean they probably had a feeling that he was going to come back yeah, as as long as phil jackson was there as long as phil jackson was there he was going to stay there and I don't know why, you know, they ever made the decision because it didn't seem like Phil Jackson was a huge problem. It didn't seem, it didn't seem like he was an issue for management. And for some reason, they wanted to get rid of him. I, you and know, and it, how it, could it, he be? He's a genius. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, he's the anti Pete Carroll.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of
1: my favorite scenes or one of my favorite Phil Jackson moments of, of of all time. of the I mean, you saw it again. The series was not calling the timeout.
2: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: In a, in game 6, with like 20, yep. 25 seconds to go, after they get the re- after they uh get the tip ball rebound, I think. And every other coach in the fucking league is going to call a timeout there. And he's like, "Well, why do I want to give Jerry Sloan, yep. Uh, you know, chance 30 seconds a chance to talk about against a set defense." And he just lets the guys play. And 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 most coaches, I can't even think of a coach that would not have called a timeout there. Uh, Pete Carroll would have called a the timeout there. For mm-hmm. sure. Um <laughs> And it just, it just, he's, I mean, obviously he had, as you said earlier in the show, he had, he had some of the best players in the history of, of the league, probably the top two players in the history of the league,
0: uh, not or top three. Well, I mean, but like, yeah, I mean, I mean, on separate teams, but on the Chicago, separate, separate teams, the but I mean, best he, one, yeah. but
1: Kobe, Shaq and I mean, there's never been a yeah. more dominant player than Shaq in the history of the league. Uh, mm-hmm. but to have Kobe and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Shaq, not a, not a, not a bad <laughs> roster to have. Uh, but yeah, I don't think Jackson was a problem. Um, and they even said, I mean, in the interview, he's like, I, I don't want to come back if, if I'm going to be a, if it's, this is going to cause a problem.
0: Yeah, if it's a rebuild, if it's a rebuild, because I mean, he was thinking it's going to be a rebuild, and if he doesn't want to deal with a rebuild, you know, with with, with the Chicago team, you know, I mean, why 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 rebuild when you could just go to L.A. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, and 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 I I'll I'll still, I mean, to send Jordan into retirement. I mean, then again, I mean, he came back for the Wizards, what, in like 2000? yeah, but those awesome. thousand.
0: I think it was like 2000. Well, it wasn't
1: really to
0: play. I think play. it was like 2000. And yeah. might have been like 2003. I, I mean, mean, he was already older, yeah, but he yeah. was still like second on the team on, on point. I think he was still averaged 20 points per game, even added, you know, as an older dude. I think Jerry Stackhouse uh, on that team had uh, maybe 21 points per game, and I think that was the only yeah, I player on any one of his... Huh? Yeah. Yeah, he was good. He was good. I mean, he was in the finals too, but years later, but, you know. Yeah, Dallas. I mean, it's just... But, but, I mean, I think that was the only player that Jordan ever played with that actually averaged more points than him in an entire season. And it took him being like 40 years old for some dude on his team to average more points yeah. than him. And, and I mean, you know, he he definitely could have played in 99. He could have played in 2000 and 2001. And who knows what would have happened. But anything else you want to add, Ben? Yeah, I mean, just Reinsdorf. I mean, it just, uh, to yeah. this day, it just, to
1: me, I mean, when Jordan, just to watch him shaking his head when he when he listened to the interview, I mean, to this day, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, the the logic behind breaking that team up and ending that that run, it, it just, it literally makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you were able, I mean, this wasn't today's league with, with, like you said, social media and the egos and all of that. I mean, they could have brought most of those guys back. They could have, and, and he just didn't want to. And it just, if you're going to be a man... An adult, just come out and say you don't fucking want to. This is not what I want to do. And and don't try to blame it on the salary cap or blame it on this. Or I mean to send Michael Jordan into retirement, I mean, David Stern should have walked down from the legal office <laughs> and taken the fucking team away from you and given it to somebody else. Because that was a that to send Michael Jordan into retirement early is probably the worst thing an owner in the NBA has ever done.
0: I mean that is true. That I mean that that is true. But he got to walk. He he got to leave the game at the top of his game, hitting the last shot to win the game for the sixth championship. You know, two three peats, and you know. I mean, just imagine if he had stayed that extra year ninety nine. Who knows if he would have won? But he went out on top, and you know, obviously he did come back. But that was just you know, nobody so really takes that 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 you know Washington part of his career very seriously. Um, But he he was one of the few guys that got to leave the game on top of his game with the sixth championship.
1: With more in the tank. Yeah. Yeah, with more in the tank. I mean, Elway left, but I mean, he didn't have much left in (laughs) it. I mean, it wasn't like, (laughs) it was like, yeah, I'm leaving, uh, I'm leaving by my choice at 40 years old. Okay, whatever. Uh, But, but I mean, he, that's fair enough. I I just, it, 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 it took it away from us. We weren't able to watch it.
0: Yeah. That, that is true, but we did we did get to enjoy um, you know, the two three peats and and, and and you know, everything else he brought to the game. I mean, even though I mean he probably could have played a couple of more years at, at a high level, you know, we, we did witness enough of Jordan to realize that he is the goat. You know, when they talk about goats, he is the goat.
1: Oh, for sure. Live in the moment and give it all you have and don't look back. And it, it's hard for people to, but even watching him, just like shake, like when he would watch something, and he'd just shake his head yeah. or smile. Like that's what I miss. Like he, and Kobe had some of that too, where you just the facial expression, you don't even need to say anything. Like I know what mm-hmm. he's thinking when he watches this video. Yeah, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else to <laughs> add after that. Yeah. But it was a great, great, great series.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was, it was excellent. They have some new thirty for thirties now coming out on ESPN. Um, they have the one. Who is it? The uh, what's his name? The biker, uh, Lance Armstrong. So they have that Lance Armstrong. I think the first episode is tomorrow night. I don't know how many episodes they're going to have with that, but I'm definitely going to watch. I'm going to tune into that. Yeah, team. I'd like to watch that. And there's I, I, not much sports on TV. Yeah. I might as well watch series or, or, or docu series. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm about,
1: not am not a big Lance Armstrong hater. When you're the best cheater yeah. of all the cheaters, you know, <laughs> if you're all if you're all cheating at the oh, same level, yeah. And then they have the you know, you're Sosa. still you're still the best.
0: And I think that's the next thirty for thirty that they can have after that is Sammy Sosa and uh what's his name? Um, Mark McGuire. Mark McGuire. I think they are going to have him as well. So that you know, uh, I'd love to watch that because those eaters. guys
1: those guys are are, a, are an embarrassment to the game of baseball. They're, they're yeah, not well, they're not Lance to out, hear so. it,
0: But you get to hear it from their perspective.
1: Yeah, their perspective. I cheated because I had to. <laughs> that's not no, You ain't no, no. cheating, you ain't trying, man. Yeah, but you, you, it's not like Mark McGuire and, and Sammy Sosa were in a foot race where only one of them can win. They were on separate teams on a team sport. Yeah, a little bit different.
0: But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Friday. <laughs> What's next up on the big board? Uh, Next up on the big board, Ben, we're getting around to our alcohol portion of the show. We have our shot of the week, which is in honor of Memorial Day weekend. And we finally have a name. We have a name at the we beginning have a name. of the podcast. But Sonia messaged us during the podcast. And it is called Summer Salute. Appropriately Summer enough, salute. That's a like, great go. name. Me and Ben were, were trying for like five minutes to come up with a name. It took Sonya probably a second to come up with that great name. But uh, Ben, you want to take a break before we take the shot?
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll take a quick break. All we'll right. get the shot on the table. Franny will tell us the ingredients and what went into the shot. And then I will be the sacrificial lamb who takes the shots. All right. Hold tight, everybody.
0: All right. And we are back. And Ben has the shot from the fridge. It has been chilling for the last Couple of hours, right? I mean outside it's a little warm. It's been warm in uh in Southern California for I don't know, since the beginning of May, it's been pretty darn hot. Uh but Ben, you just actually ate the cherry off the top of the shot. Yeah, thanks for and pitting that, Sonia. <laughs> and that's come on. Give her some credit, Ben. She did put the she shot together. She did put the shot together, but I'm glad I
1: didn't just put that cherry right in my mouth and swallow it well you could have
0: that's true that's true the pits yeah. will just come out tomorrow. I just would not I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bite directly into it you know <laughs> you might break a tooth um, but yeah tonight's shot is in honor of Memorial Day Memorial Day weekend we have a three day weekend it's always nice to have a three day weekend unfortunately most Weekends are not three days, Uh, but we'll enjoy this weekend as much as we can, even though we're mostly quarantined or staying safe at home. And, you know, I mean, not much is open. The beach is open. I guess you can go to the beach and just no um, congregating, no congregating. You can't have a canopy. You can't have towels. You can't have umbrellas, uh, but you can surf. You can scuba dive. (laughs) You can, uh, you know, ride your bike or rollerblade or whatever it is, but you can't sit there with a group of people because it's so much better to wait in line at Walmart than it is to sit at the beach <laughs> in the sun getting vitamin D, which is actually good for you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, hey, I'm not the one making the rules here. But anyways, uh, <laughs> our shot and I'm is... usually the
1: political one. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it's not political. It's just common sense. Uh <laughs> and tonight's shot like i said is not from memorial day and sonya gave it such a great name it is the summer salute and uh it is concocted with malibu coconut rum ben Ugh. i know how how i know how you love rum i mean if there was any if there was ever a, lum, a rum lover ben it is you <laughs> yes man why <Probably> not <laughs> but so uh, we have the malibu with the um Blue Curaçao has that beautiful blue color to it. Sanya mixed it perfectly where it has the blue. And she also added some white stars for that patriotic feel to the glass. And she has that cherry on top, which is kind of hanging there. And the pictures are on uh, Instagram and on Twitter. We'll definitely post those. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And the cherry is right on top. So the red, the white, and the blue, they're very patriotic. The name is perfect. And Ben, all we need is your review now.
1: All right. Yes. Thank you all who have sacrificed for this and other countries uh, in pursuit of freedom, I suppose. Uh, I don't know what else to say there. Uh, But thank you all so much. And I'm going to give this. uh, Sonia's already warned me. She said it's not going to taste very good. I don't know what that means, but
0: I'm going to give it a shot. I I would guess it's going to be. Half decent because the blue curacao is fairly sweet, and the Malibu rum still has that coconut flavor to it. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to be nice and sweet and, and taste. Yeah, good. she I'm said, take a shot with you, Ben.
1: She just said, take a sip and and then uh, put it back on the table. But obviously, she doesn't know me. I have to yeah. finish the shot if it's the shot of the week. That's what I'm our listeners expect. Bit. What are you going to do? Exactly. Shot up?
0: I'm just going to drink the the Evan Williams Peach.
1: Oh, I wish I could find something worse
0: from the bottle because you I have any rakia over there? I don't have any. No. I have Actually, some. I probably do. I, I have but some. I don't want to drink it. No, I have I some.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, to... yeah. On the next <laughs> exchange. Yeah, there you go. That's going to be your punishment shot. All right. Here we go.
0: Here's.
2: Oh, it's not bad. It's,
1: it's got a, bad. a significant coconut flavor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's got a little sweetness to it. The rum doesn't come through. I mean, the coconut flavor comes through, but the alcohol in the rum does not come through. And the blue curacao definitely adds a nice little sweet sort of tanginess to it. That's actually not bad. Very summer, very warm weather shot. Uh, the coconut is, is is like the perfect amount. That's that's actually a really nice shot. So what what what's the the typical measurement there half curse how half rum or is there was it 60 40 70 30 uh you know i didn't put the shot together man
0: uh, oh well, what was what was, it, what was
1: it supposed to be
0: <laughs> no I, th- I think it's just about 50 50 you know i i think 50 50 is just about right cuz uh I'm, I'm not sure what actually alcohol content is in malibu rum i'm not sure if it's like 30 or 40 percent
1: it's probably up yeah it's 35 40 percent yeah somewhere in yeah.
0: there. yeah so i mean you know and, and the blue curacao depending on the brand that you get is also not that high um but i would say about 50 50 is about right
1: all right perfect so if you guys if you're out there uh you know not with a canopy but get but uh hanging out with family friends <laughs> and your loved ones this weekend, uh, tomorrow or Monday, and you have people coming over or you're just celebrating in quarantine, this is not a bad shot. Uh, it has a nice summer feel to it. It has a nice not-on-vacation, can't-go-on-vacation, but this is what it would taste like if I was-on-vacation type of feel to it. And I highly recommend it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's a perfect... Uh, oh, uh, The was colors good. were great. Was no, so I did an excellent job uh, putting that together and displaying it. In a you know you know patriotic Memorial Day fashion, uh, but I, I think the, the just the flavors that are coming through uh, nice. are very summery and perfect uh, and for uh, the first you know unofficial summer. Is that is this is that what it is? It's unofficial, I guess. Yeah, it's not summer summer, but it's the unofficial. beginning. Wait, summer, of summer. hasn't started yet. I believe uh, summer doesn't start until June twenty first, right?
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I keep saying, is it May? It's May? Okay, it's May. All right, good (laughs) enough. The fiscal year is ending in a month. I know, I know, I'll know when June 30th comes because that's when a lot of work begins in terms of putting together (laughs) reports uh so that won't that won't that won't happen without without notice yeah i could be uh, wrong though
0: i mean, i'm not i'm not that great with dates i forget people's birthdays all the time so uh, you know like yours ben i know it's sometime in november but don't ask me when the eighth eighth november 8th. okay all right I'll, i'm gonna record back this I mean, actually, i'm gonna <laughs> <laughs> i should probably take that out. to go back i'm gonna remember to go back to episode 73 of thirst and goal so i know when your birthday is all right uh Franny, what is next up on a big board Next up on the big board, man, we have our beverage of the week, which is once again from Balcones or Balcones. I'm not ex- exactly sure how you pronounce it, but I'm 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 excited to try this because everything that we have sampled so far from this distillery has been excellent. I still think the rye that we tried weeks back is still one of the best ryes that I've ever had. Uh, the bourbon also very good. That baby blue corn whiskey that we had also a few weeks back, very good. Actually, at first, man, we didn't we didn't like it. Yeah, so much we didn't think we've ever had yeah. corn whiskey on the show, and it's been a long time. I figured since you know we've had scotch uh, recently, we've had a rye, we've had a bourbon. You know why not try something different? Mix it up just a little bit. We did have that cognac also, um, but you know let's try another corn whiskey from the same company. And uh, Ben, I'm not sure if you have some more information for us for the True Blue Corn Whiskey. I do. Is this the fourth Balconus
1: we've tasted or the third? I feel like this might be the fourth.
0: I think it's the fourth. I think it's the fourth that we've tried so far.
1: So we have the Texas rye, uh, the baby blue. This is the True Blue. What one am I missing?
0: Um, I'm going to have to go back and just look at pictures here from our, <laughs> from our past podcast, but we've, we've had a few, and they've all been excellent. Oh, the
1: Texas Rye 100 Proof.
0: Yeah. So we've
1: so had the baby, the baby Blue, Blue. the Texas uh, Pot Style Bourbon, the Texas Rye 100 Proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a green label. And, yep, yep. and and the True Blue, which we're trying tonight. Mm-hmm. So the only one we're missing mm-hmm. on the classics from Balcons, or Balcones is the Texas Single Malt Whiskey. And then we'll have all five, uh, in terms of doing a taste test.
0: Yeah, yeah, but they they actually have uh, a, a a pretty good selection uh, you know, on on the shelf today at Total Wine. They had quite a few that I'm interested in trying. Uh, uh, other offerings from Balcones.
1: Interesting, interesting. I love it. This is the true blue 100 from Balcones Distillery in the. Beautiful state of Texas. It's made from the same select barrels of our blue corn whiskey that have always gone, gone into our true blue cask strength, diluted down to 100 proof. As such, many bourbon drinkers in particular may gravitate to this powerfully subtle dram since the bottled in bond act of 1897 100 proof has long stood for quality and authenticity true blue 100 carries on that tradition 100 percent of the whiskey in this bottle was born raised and bottled at the balconis from mash to glass more approachable than full cast drink whiskey true blue 100 retains the depth and complexity of overproof spirits With softer edges, supple textures, and fuller fruitiness than slight dilution can bring. Rich notes of honey, citrus, stone fruit, and cinnamon at a rich roasted corn palate. Perfect as is or with as much water as you prefer. So the nose is ripe. Apricots and mango with cinnamon, singled sugar on top of cocoa and dried chilies. The taste is deep oak and char, black tea and salty baking chocolate, old leather, roasted corn and coffee. The finish is lingering, dried cherries and blackberries, followed by toasty bitter chocolate with pleasant oak tannins. That's a pretty tall order right there. Mm-hmm. There's our bourbon music.
0: So did you pour it into a, a glass, Ben, or, or do you still have it um, in the jar? Because me and Ben actually we saw each other today. I have it in the Glencairn uh, glass. E- every, every few weeks uh, since we are doing this podcast remotely, um, in order to be drinking the same thing on the podcast, we do make a whiskey exchange uh, in person. And beer, uh, so and beer. So and beer, and beer as well. So we do exchange whiskey and beer, um, and so you know uh, this this week I uh, I went out and, and I got some uh, some whiskeys for the next to hold us over for the next few weeks. Although maybe we'll see each other in the next few weeks and do a, an in person podcast. You know, eventually we'll we'll be doing this together once again because uh, it's so much more fun in person than it is far away. But or you, you can know, come
1: over and work out. I mean, you're you're you're
2: lagging. I, I can you're do lagging. that too. You know. <laughs>
0: But uh, we did make an exchange, so I, I poured a few whiskeys you know, for the next couple of weeks. This week, we do have the True Blue, and so Ben has the other whiskeys waiting in a jar for the next couple of weeks, and he also gave me a couple of beers uh, so we can sample on the show for the next few weeks as well. Um, but Ben, you have it poured out in a glass. You have the True Blue in the glass there in front of you, and uh, have you sniffed it yet?
1: I have not. I'm waiting on you. I'm sniffing. I'm sniffing. Famous first words.
0: <laughs> nice, I mean, it's definitely sweet. different. It's got a sweet nose. I mean, it is you. It hits you with the sweetness, which is something that we don't usually get from, you know, the rise and the bourbons and the scotches. The can cognac, the, yes. Can a nose be smooth?
1: Is that possible? It, it, it has a, it has a smooth a,
0: nose. Yeah, for a hundred proof, it doesn't really knock you in the nostrils. Not even when you really get a good. Actually, that time it, breath.
1: <laughs> it doesn't hit me in the nose as much as I would have expected at 100 proof. I mean, I know it's, it claims to be smooth, but I'm getting the mango. Get, I'm not getting the yeah, cinnamon I'm, as much, but I am getting the sugar and the cocoa. Just a
0: little bit of spices. A lot. I'm getting a, a lot of, uh, almost like a, um, I wish I was getting the uh, chilies. Like a, a, like a, like a baked pastry sort of sweetness from it. Yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of that. Um, it, almost like, um, like a Tootsie roll. Like if you smell a Tootsie roll. Like you get that sort of I don't know chocolatey yeah, sort yeah. of sweetness, but it's not you know chocolate chocolate. It's just like that sweet, you know.
1: Maybe I am getting the chilies a little bit. I wish I was getting more chilies. Actually, that would be nice.
0: Hmm. Damn, nice? a lot of a lot of sweetness and just like that that sweet bakery fresh. Sweetness. I don't know. It's it smells really nice. I mean, this is something that we don't usually get from everything else that we sample on the show, and and this is a lot of what we were getting from the baby blue, yeah, as well. But the baby blue was also a, a lower proof, um, and this is um, you know if you're going out to the store uh, to purchase this, um, you know I got it at about you know forty nine, you know fifty bucks, um, you know so that's th- up there. Sure that's up there. It's, it's it's around you know I mean, but a lot of I mean. But I expect quality. I mean, for the other stuff that we've tried from this brand, um, you know, the bourbons, the rise were below. I mean, they were in the 30, 40 range, Um, but they've all been great, uh, you know, for uh, compared to other stuff that we tried that were more expensive. And uh, for this, you know, I was willing to, you know, pay a little bit more uh, because I expect quality and and we did enjoy the baby blue and I'm sure we'll enjoy this as well. Ben, ready to take a sip?
1: Yeah. I mean, the color is beautiful, too. It's got a nice copper color with good hold on the glass.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it does it does it does uh leave a lot on the glass as you spin it.
1: I don't know if hold is the right word, but well, it's holding. It it holds on. The, I don't <laughs> like legs. Legs to me is too winy. Tastes like smells. It's like, got legs. It's got legs. This wine has legs.
0: <laughs> well, cheers to you, Ben. All right, cheers and cheers to all listeners. I'm gonna knock it on the microphone. that was good holy shit that was good there is you get more caramel you get that caramel sweet that's good wow finish and like out of my nostrils just breathing out I'm getting the corn like you can actually kind of taste a little bit of the corn (laughs) I think that's your imagination really I'm serious like breathe out okay sip it and then kind of Breathe out through my nose or through my mouth. Through your, through your nose, through through your nostrils, like towards the top of my nostrils.
1: And I'm not getting a corn. You really t- you really smell corn or taste corn?
0: It's it's like it's not corn corn. Um, what was that? What was that? Uh, I wish that I, I was. Get, I'm getting. The, I'm getting the leather. I'm getting the. What was that crunchy corn? Um, Corn nuts? Corn nuts, yeah. Almost like a corn, like that salty, not like corn corn, but like, you know, like... I a, love a, corn nuts. Yeah. And I'm, 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 I've am i got, you know, I'm getting a little bit of that in really? my nostrils. The flavor itself is sweet and caramelly yeah, with a little bit of fruitiness to it. I'm not getting it.
1: I'm, I'm not getting too much sweetness on the taste. I'm getting the oak. I'm getting the... I'm, I'm not getting the tea, but I do get a little bit of the leather, the chocolate...
0: And there's actually more spiciness wow. than I would expect. It's it, it, it's it's got a nice finish. Yeah, but it's like a yeah, it is a nice finish, and it's like a little bit of spiciness that kind of expands.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's finish, like it
0: starts off soft and it kind of expands as it kind of sits there. It's Nice,
1: soft, but it's but the but the the palate is soft, but the flavor profile is deep and complex.
0: It's nice. I mean, this is because we just don't. I think what's what's, what's we're that, what's that to,
1: flavor that's hitting me right on my tongue yeah. at the beginning? What is it? Because it changes immediately.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: It is it is quite complex, and and it, it's a complexity that we don't usually get with anything else. Um, and and so maybe in the future, you know, I'll get another oh, the spiciness
1: on the back and middle tongue
0: is another is, corn whiskey. Nice. Another corn whiskey, so we can kind of you know sample what. You know, Balcones has done with their corn whiskey to somebody else, and and you know what you know whatever process they go through to make their corn whiskey, and 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 you know see what the flavor difference is, and kind of sample maybe them back to back and see. I don't know. Well, I guess that's a taste test for the future. Do we know how old this is? Mm, I think I read that it was maybe aged for at least twenty four months, but I'm not. I'm not. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I'm not seeing it. We might have to make a, a corn whiskey. Yeah, I want whiskey. to see another
0: com- another company's like sort of corn whiskey interpretation because we've tried both of these from Balcones. You want corn both whiskey? Good. What's up? Corn whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe is- corn whiskey. Corn whiskey from... I don't know if that's a Texas accent. That's way (laughs) off. That's way off. I'm not even sure what that was, Ben. Um, I'm thinking you're not going to get what you think. Yeah, but definitely not from Dickel. Not getting anything from Dickel anymore. (laughs) Once that's never again. That
1: sweetness... It almost has a little Dickel flavor on the tongue at the beginning. No. But then it goes away and it gives way to a middle tongue, back of the tongue, spiciness and complexity that... I mean you really get like all three parts of your tongue. The front, the middle, and the back are all engaged with this particular corn. I'm
0: surprised you're not getting any sort of the, the corn from it though. I don't smell it. Hmm. I just feel it coming through. I mean, you know, I'm getting the um that apricot uh, you know, fruity sweetness. I mean maybe um, I'm, I'm it's, missing it's, it? it is it is quite complex the way yeah, it, it is you know, it, it kind of enters and then exits, you know, it's like you get certain flavors when it, you know, when it hits your tongue and then as you swallow, you get other flavors on the way down and it is actually way more complex than I would have expected it to be.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it, it hits every, it hits your olfactory senses, <laughs> uh, but it hits everything. It hits the nose. Is it really? <laughs> well, I mean, it hits me really well in the nose in terms of the complexity on the, on the. The the on the nose and but it also I mean I I don't I don't know if I've ever described it that way before and maybe I've never noticed it but it hits every every taste quadrant of my tongue I think there's like four mm-hmm. taste quadrant but it hit it hits every one of them and it gives you a different flavor as it rolls down your tongue.
0: Mm-hmm. It is pretty interesting. It is I mean it is it is definitely different from you know everything else that we've tried.
1: Yeah, it's got a smooth creamy yeah, mouthfeel. Semi,
0: uh, yeah, semi-creamy. Um
1: and the finish is pretty spicy. Doesn't hang around too long. Um but but long enough to 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 know that, you know, you want to wait a minute or you know, 10 seconds before your next sip.
0: Mm. Yeah, but they make a good product.
1: You could drink. I mean, hundred proof. You could drink this all day. I don't know about well, that. Well, I mean, you, could, but... <laughs> you couldn't. Phys- you couldn't physically drink it all day,
0: but you but could. It is easy. It is easy to sip on. That's for sure. I mean, it, it, you know, for a hundred proof. And I could see doing this on the rocks too. It doesn't. You know, it it, it and on the rocks. I'm sure. I mean, it's, it is you know warm uh, tonight, and I've been in the garage, and, and I'm sure it would taste better just a bit if it was chilled just by you know a couple of degrees. Um, but. I mean, they, they make a really good product. I mean, everything that we've tried so far from Balcones or Balcones, not sure how you pronounce it, but um, er- everything that we've tried so far has been very good. And I will definitely be, you know, purchasing more products from their line because it looks like they have an extensive line of, uh, of offerings. So I will definitely be purchasing from Balcones.
1: Yeah. And this, they, uh, on Twitter, they are at. B a b a l c o n e s w h i s k y Balcones Whiskey. They don't have a ton of followers, so please get on your Twitter account, on your Instagram account, and follow these folks, because they deserve more mm-hmm. followers and um, a loyal fan base, because this is some yeah. pretty good stuff across the board. We've tasted four of these, and so far I don't think there's any of them that we didn't enjoy Thoroughly. I mean, I know I love that the, the Texas rye. I mean, I know yeah, I love that. One.
0: The rye was good. The bourbon was also very good. I mean, that yeah. bourbon that they, I mean, that, that was all, I mean, all of them have been fantastic. I mean, because before we got that bourbon, I, I've never, I never even heard of, of Balcones or Balcones. And, it, you know, it, they, they, they have a pretty extensive offering, you know, as far as I know, as far as I've seen. Um, but they, you know, they don't seem like they're, you know, that popular. I mean, you know, like you said, they don't have a a, a great following, but they definitely should. They really, really yeah. should. So get on they, your Twitter they, account, people. Yeah. <laughs> I know we will. I mean, this is something that I would definitely shout out. And, uh, you know, me and Ben don't do this, you know, as a sponsorship. We just nope. go out and, and buy what we like. And I've liked everything so far from Balcones. And if you do see anything from Balcones or Balcones on your shelf, which is probably the bourbon or the rye, uh, I'm not sure about the the Baby Blue and the True Blue. I'm not sure how common these are around the country. Um, but if you do see it, definitely grab it. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, you could definitely get the Texas Postel Bourbon.
1: Uh, as as Francie mentioned, I'm sure you can get the Texas Rye uh, at, you know, your local liquor establishment. If you have a great liquor store, but definitely if you have a Total Wine uh, or a BevMo, BevMo might have it, but I know Total Wine does. And, you know, so we are just missing the Texas single malt whiskey uh, of the five classics. So I can't wait to try that one and get mm-hmm. all five
0: of these. And we have uh, some whiskeys coming up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we so do. We have I'm, a I'm Glen Levitt coming up. Very excited about the, uh, the Glen Levitt uh, Caribbean or Caribbean Reserve. Uh, and then we also have the Jura, Ben, which I'm sure you're excited about. So I I'm am. not sure which one we'll try when. Uh, you know, we we might try the Jura next week or the Glenlivet. We'll see. I know Ben is excited to try another whiskey from one of the Scottish islands, and uh, so that Jura might be next up on the docket. Well, the water is just better over there.
1: I mean, it, it just <laughs> there's something about the water in Scotland, and well, not even in Scotland on the <laughs> islands off of Scotland.
0: Islands, yeah. Uh, because I mean, we, we didn't try it. We didn't try it, but during the exchange today, the smell of that peat and that smoke—and it wasn't overpowering—it was, it, it seemed like it was just the right amount. And and so you know what, Ben, you're getting, my my mouth is salivating for some some <laughs> uh, <laughs> some uh, Scottish uh, island whiskey. And so next week, that's what we'll do, Ben. We'll do the Jura next week
1: yeah i mean we've we have we have tried to bring the isla scotches to the world uh out there and and it's an acquired taste for sure uh we had a but uh, once you acquire it yeah you want it yeah we had a we had a tweet at us uh, this week from at clever dvlpm. NT will tweet for beer," said he. Tasted the the Ardbeg Ten on our recommendation, and said it was the best scotch he ever had.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm surprised that he said that uh, because at first, why? <laughs> <laughs> because why, I, why I, I, are at, you surprised? At first, Ben, I like you said, think it's, it's, it's disgusting. At first, I did, and I still think the Ardbeg is is a little too much, too strong. I think it's a little too peaty, too smoky. Uh, for my taste, I, I, do, I do prefer maybe the Lafroig a little bit more, uh, the Lagavulin as well, just a bit more, uh, because those don't like they don't punch you in the back of the throat like that Ardbeg does with the peatiness and the smokiness. But the more you drink these scotches and then you try another scotch uh, from another uh, a part of, of Scotland, you know, either from the Highlands or whatever, they're just not the same. They're they're just a little boring. You know, I mean you you just want, you 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 miss that peatiness and that smokiness. Yeah, dude. Because it it really makes you think. You know, it's like, what am I tasting?
1: Uh peat and smoke. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're tasting. I,
0: I know, but there's there's it's all more in a, all I in a scotch mean, it's, that's it's as clear as water almost. It it's it's hitting you with that, but there's also more complex flavors beyond that and 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 you you realize that they're there after the initial shock of that peat and that smoke and then once you start enjoying and indulging in those scotches you then realize that it's that it's what it's so good (laughs) yeah right
1: (laughs) well those of us that have a complex palate, we can taste the yard bag and look past the peatiness and the sneakiness, oh, and also get <laughs> and also get the other flavors that are present in the Ardbeg, uh, and uh, so it's the best. It's the best in the world, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of scotches. The bag Ten is, you know, and the Port Charlotte, heavily peated, are the two best uh, Isla scotches you can get your hands on. Uh, but uh, I could be wrong in that regard. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. All right, Friday. What are you going to give this on our thirsty goal? Rating scale of 0, meaning Dickel, which we didn't give a 0, but we should have, <laughs> uh,
0: to, 10, to 10. A negative. Um, I, I would say this is an 8. I, I would say it's an 8. I would, I would want maybe just a little more smoothness on the finish. I mean, I know that's a lot to ask with um, 100 proof, but maybe just a little bit more smooth, a little bit less, just a little bit less spice on the finish. Because that spice really begins to hit you as it goes down. And, it, it, and I, I just wish there was a little bit less of that. But I, I think it's an 8 only because it's different from what we've had on the show. And and I'm, I'm sure if folks are used to drinking the regular scotches and regular bourbons and ryes, this is something different. I'm sure they'll enjoy it. All right. What you. right. I'm going to give it a 9. I
1: am going to give nine. this Balconas a 9-9, nine, nine, center field 9. This <laughs> is... It's it's got a nice mouthfeel. It's creamy. It's got a great nose. It's got it touches every part of my flavor profile on my tongue. I like the spiciness on the finish and I think it's about I mean, it, it, this is for a corn whiskey, for the corn whiskeys that we've tasted. Yeah. I wouldn't put it up against uh, every bourbon or every whiskey out there, but for for the category that I think it's in, I would give it I, I, this is about as good as it gets as far as I'm concerned uh it t- it hits every box for me it's got the nose it's got the the creaminess it's got the the spicy it's it it's got it's got complexity on my tongue. I like it
0: all right so a nine and a ten very highly rated i think uh just about everything we've rated so far from uh yeah, bonus good. I think I give the baby blue a seven out of ten I think I give the baby blue a seven out of ten, but everything else has been pretty much a nine i think i you know the bourbons and the ryes were also just about up there at eight nine I don't know if I've given anything a ten yet um but you know very good and i'm very happy that you know we had this particular corn whiskey on the show oh yeah for sure
1: that's good stuff uh, i mean and, and i just i like a longer finish finish that makes me feel like oh am i gonna burp
0: no nope, i'm not okay <laughs> let me take another drink then uh Franny, what's next up on the big board uh next up on the big board band we have our beer of the week from germany <laughs>
1: All right, folks, hold tight. We'll be right back with our beer of the week.
0: All right, and we are back. I've grabbed the beer of the evening which is the Weltenberger Cluster from the fridge. And Ben, you also grabbed it from the cooler or the fridge as well. Mine is nice and chilled. And uh, Ben, so tonight we are trying the Weltenberger Cluster Barock Dunkel. Yeah, You did that better <laughs> than I did for sure. I don't know if I did. Das beste Dunkel der Welt. <laughs> I guess that means the best Dunkel in
1: the world. I, I, well, whatever a Dunkel is, I guess they got it. I guess they got it. <laughs> They figured it out. I guess so. (laughs) All right. This is, as Friday mentioned, the Weltenberger Cluster. Uh, 4.7% alcohol by volume, 20 IBU. This is brewed at the Weltenberger Monastery, which was founded in 45, count them, 45 AD, with the brewery established in 1050. Uh, this is truly one of the world's oldest dark beers. A true experience of flavor, full bodied with fine malt aromas, slightly bitter with some sweetness, creamy, and with the warm colors of amber intensive flavor and fragrance. It's brewed in the traditional monastic manner, and it's regarded as one of the world's great beers, allegedly. Uh, on Untapped. It comes in at 3.57 stars out of 5, so we would be interested to see how Franny and I like one of the beers that's been around, allegedly, since about 1050 A.D. Seems like a long time. It seems like a long Longer
0: time. Longer than, you know, yeah, I know. It, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting that it's still around so about, about- after all these years.
1: I mean, so we're looking at what, like uh, nine thousand like, years, like nine hundred and thirty <laughs> years ago, give or take. Yeah, that's a that's a long time ago to be making but it's a beer. A, it's,
0: it's a big bottle, and um, you know, I was I was. Yeah, it's funny uh, like, This is a big bottle. Why did you give me such a big bottle? Because okay, I don't I don't usually drink a lot of the beers. Like I mean, I, you know I I taste it, and then I don't really drink the whole. I know when he's over here, he just shoves it back <laughs> at me. I don't drink the entire bottle. Um. Yeah, but I mean, it just, it just kind of caught my eye. It's, it's, you know, it's. It looks like a traditional beer. I mean, the last couple of weeks we've tried, um, you know, domestic beers with a lot of graphics. Well, maybe not that one. Not, not the the those Dave's Pale Ale. That was, Dale's, that was very Dale's simple. Had no graphics, Dale's uh, Pale Ale. That was almost no graphics. But it, it had like this. Uh, it, it, you know, it didn't look like a traditional beer though. Whereas this one has that traditional, uh, old school look to it. Uh, and it also had a high rating too. So, um, and we haven't had a German beer on the show for a while, and I figured, you know what? Why not? Let's give this a shot.
1: All right, it's got a nice color. It's very dark. It's got a. Yeah, it's, it's actually darker it's, than it's I expected. It's beyond copper. It's be. more like a almost a cherry color.
0: It's a. It's, it's really dark. I, I mean, it's got a dark. Cherry. It's got a dark, dark, dark. No, I, w- I would dark say it's, it's really. It's really close to the color of Coca Cola, like a Pepsi or something, like, a, you know, like a, a, just any sort of cola yeah it's, yeah. it, it's kind it's, it's like definitely right up there, that color almost um it's got a nice head, but um at first yeah, it disappears pretty quickly and it, it sort of sticks to your glass uh, but it it doesn't linger, it definitely doesn't stick around does it have legs <laughs> 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 it has some legs She's but just the legs. smell of it it has uh has a chocolateness to it um a little bit of I would say maybe Ooh, it's some dank. coffee, a little bit of sour notes. It does have like a dank chocolate It sort does of have smell. a
1: dank, soured, spoiled uh, aroma to it. I wanna say spoiled. I could I could definitely see some monks in a wagon pulling this <laughs> around next to Robin Hood. That th- I could definitely see that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm sure a monk back in ten fifty had a pretty good life. Yeah. You know, I mean just sit back and drink beer all day long. You know, with, with your buddies,
1: got to watch out for the pirates though, the road pirates.
0: That's right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's got a little bit of a of a stink to it. A little bit. It
2: does. It does. <laughs> it does have a little
1: stink to it. But it also smells fresh on the same. By the same token, which is weird. All right, you want to give it a taste?
0: Let's give it a taste.
1: All right. Cheers, Ben. Um
0: uh, definitely chocolate. I mean it's, it's chocolatey. It's like nice a sour chocolate. To it. it is creamy. It's it, maple. Uh, Has sort of a sweetness to it. Yeah, the flavor doesn't match the smell a little bit. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It's actually a little bit sweeter. Less it, dank. It's more it, chocolatey. Is it dank, bro? No, nah, not this one bro Nah, man. It just smells <laughs> dank. Nah, but last last year, bro, like um That's my my stepdad man. took me to Germany. <laughs> uh, Munich's all right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Munich is the worst. It's like my first trip to Croatia. The woman's on the plane, she's like I don't know, I've never been to She's Munich. like, Don't ever go. She's like, Who's flying to Croatia? She's like, No. Because we had a layover in Munich. She's like, No, don't go there.
0: Boring. But it's definitely smooth. Like it goes down pretty easily for a, for a dark beer. It doesn't taste very heavy. Um, it's actually pretty good. I mean, you know, the, the first sip, it kind of surprises you because you expect a different sort of taste because of the smell. And you kind of drink it down. And it has that chocolateiness to it. Maybe just a little bit of sourness on the finish. Not much. Uh, but then you get a sort of mapleiness, like a sweetness to it as well. And it has a nice creaminess. I mean, the creaminess is really nice. It's like a thick, full-bodied beer, but then it's smooth. It, But it's really smooth. Yeah. It almost, it's almost
1: unexciting on yeah.
0: the, on the, you know, like as you. On the finish. Uh, on the I finish. mean, it doesn't have a long finish, which is, you know, sort of what I'm, I I like when a beer doesn't have a long, lingering sort of finish. And this one doesn't have one. And, and that, that, that's, that's kind of nice. That's refreshing. <laughs> Not what I was expecting. That's
1: for sure. Since eighteen or since ten fifty A.D. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's got a little bit of a stink on the taste and a little bit of a stink on the smell, uh, but but it tastes much fresher or more fresh than than the initial smell would would you know the impression you get from the smell. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't wow me, uh, but it's certainly easy to drink. Probably high in carbs. I'm guessing.
0: Oh, um, yeah, uh, I'm. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of, a lot of calories <laughs> in this. Um, uh, you know, in the creaminess and the thickness of it. Um, this is like a I mean, food. It's, it's, it's like a food beer. It is, but it it'll get you through the winter. It's it has a it has a little bit of a crispness at the finish, though. I mean, it, it is thick, it is heavy, but it seems like you can drink. A fairly decent amount of these though i mean you could just you oh, could for kind sure. of throw these back uh which is pretty interesting um the alcohol content on well if you're this, a monk in the early
1: in the early well, part of the 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 new the new whatever you call it after after the death yeah. of jesus I mean, it's it's it would be you know you it's, might it's your life might you might want to drink a little bit
0: you're only, only going to live
1: to be 45
0: exactly and that's that's a reach too but 47, I mean, 4.7%, which is actually much lower than I expected. I thought this would be maybe a 5, 6% alcohol beer, but it's only 4.7. So maybe that's why it's, you know, fairly easy to drink. It's not uh, too high of an alcohol content. So, yeah. But it's it's, it's a
1: great bottle. I mean, the bottle alone, I mean, the Bavarian bottles almost to a, you know, all the breweries in Bavaria that are well-known have great bottles. Um, No umlaut over any of the letters. (laughs) Just. Uh, helpful to pronunciation, but I mean, it's got a great Bavarian scene on the label. Uh, it looks like a nice winter scene, the monastery and the the village with the, like some farm plots on there. I mean, it's got a great label. So, what do you think, yeah,
0: Freddie? It's old school. Um, hmm. You know, I, I it's a say, tough one, right? Yeah, because. Uh, I mean, it has some interesting, you know, some of the other darker beers that we've tried on the show that I was, you know, quite a fan of that had that really strong chocolatey sort of almost coffee sort of flavor. This one doesn't have as much. It does. There's some coffee there. What I like about this is it's easy to drink. It goes down fairly easy. And if you're a fan of that sort of flavor, but don't like the heaviness or the high alcohol content, um... Then I don't know. I don't know. It's it's like kind of all over the place. I'm I'm like as I'm talking, I'm I'm still sort of tasting it. Is it fantastic? Hmm. You know, I would say seven. It's it's really hard to judge. I'm gonna say a seven. It's better. I mean, it's 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 better than middle of the road, which is five. But I would say it's above a six maybe like a 6.8, if I could. Uh, oh, now, I'm you're, round, into the, now I'm gonna, you're into the, now you're the
1: decimals. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, now you I'm see gonna where round, I was coming from. Now you I'm see where I was coming it, from. I'm
0: going to round it to a seven because, you know, if you like those flavors and you like a smooth beer, then you'll like this. Although some people prefer more, you know, a heavier, higher alcohol content. So I mean, it's like, it's almost, I don't know. It depends on, on what your preferences are. And, you know, Oh, we lost that lost it. It goes down without go. that long sort of finish. There you are. You're back too. Um, but I, I think for my flavor port profile, for a dark beer, seven. All right. Let me just. There we go. Now I'm getting the feel for it. Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Because I mean, we, we drink a lot of IPAs. You know, we drink IPAs, we drink, you know, like, you know, Pilsner or something smoother, crispier. This is a really hard one to rate. It is difficult because, I mean, it it's, it, dep- it really depends on your palate and what you prefer in a beer.
1: I don't want to do it, but I'm going to give it a six.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Because it, it just doesn't give me the flavor that I want. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's not a good beer. You could drink it all day. You can the lawn with this thing, even though it's 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 full bodied mm-hmm. and has a nice head. Clearly gonna be a high caloric intake. But because it lacks it's 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 beautiful, it's smooth, it's it's creamy, it just lacks a bite of flavor to it. Mm-hmm. So we have our our our, our uh, at least another disagreement here at the
0: end of the show. So well, not really. That's six and a seven. <laughs> but I, I think there are certain people that will enjoy this. I mean, there's a lot of good flavors. I mean, in I'm going to finish it. There are a lot of good flavors in there, but it really just depends on whether or not they're the flavors that you prefer from a beer. Because some some folks may like that sort of chocolaty, uh, you know, sort of. Maple y sweet creamy finish where you know some people don't, they don't want. I, mean, that I like idea. it,
1: I just, I just, uh, yeah, I can't put it up there with like the Einstock Porter, uh, or See, that one
0: was really good, yeah,
1: or some of the other beers that I've given an eight or a nine. Um, I mean, it's good, I would definitely drink it.
0: Yeah, probably that's probably all I'm gonna drink. I'm not yeah, I'm, but if I, I could pass this uh, I think through I, the screen to you, I would, but
1: I think after about two or three of these, I'd be looking for something else. Yeah. If if we were like on vacation in Germany, I'd be like, well, let's see if I can taste a little bit of that other one. <laughs> but uh yeah, so Franny, you give it a seven, I give it a six. No, uh, but it's a quality beer. I don't want to give anybody oh, yeah. the impression that it's not a quality beer, it is a quality beer. Uh, it's just not it doesn't give me the kind of flavors that I would want from from a beer of this volume and this this thickness, this this uh, the scent that comes through on the nose.
0: But, hey, you're still sipping along.
1: Oh, yeah, I'll drink it. I'll drink it. It just <laughs> doesn't it just doesn't. It doesn't make me want to go back to the bar and order another one. If that makes sense. All right. Franny, what's next up on the big board? Or do you have anything else to add about the beer or the brown or NFL No.
0: or Michael Jordan? Nope. Oh, my God. So what's next on the big board then? Next up on the big board, Ben, is your housekeeping to finish up the show. Well, the saddest part of the show for everyone
1: involved, especially Franny and I, we've come to the close of episode 73. Uh, We began this show back in November of 2018 in episode one with uh, Mike hanging from uh, an umbrella above our heads. And here we are today, uh, a year and a half later, continuing to bring you high quality NFL and drinking content. We continue to be a show about football, fun, friends, Whiskey and beer reviews. Please head to our website at ThirstyGoldBusBrowd.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. Get all of our show notes, where you can get all the links to the stories that we talk about. Be it NFL, be it booze, be it whatever it be. Uh, you can also get uh, links to the beers and the browns, uh, both reviews and to the websites for the companies that we uh, of the of the beverages that we. Review. You can get links to all the podcatchers, Apple Podcast, Castbox, Castbox, Pandora. Folks, we are on Pandora. Look for us on your Pandora app, and you can get us on all the podcatchers, Spotify, and the rest of them. Uh, You can also leave us a review. Please leave us a review. Fronty, how many stars
0: on the review? Five stars, Ben. Five stars. Please leave us a
1: review and a comment if you would be so kind. You can email us at podcastthirstandgoal at gmail.com. You can call us. There's a phone number in our show notes. If you'd ever like to call us and leave us a voicemail, you can follow us on Twitter on at Goal Thirst and on Fronnie's amazing photography Instagram account at Thirst And. And you can check out all the photos to all the Browns, the beers, the shots that we drink and review on the show. Franny, anything else to add before we bid our fans adieu?
0: That'd be all, Ben, (laughs) from me, but thank you so (laughs) very much for listening. All right,
1: folks. Thank you all. We'll see you next week.